You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The from page to screen. Hello. 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 Skype's weird. Sometimes it never does the ringtone, so I'm never quite sure whether it's ringing or not. What the hell's all that about? Yeah, mine wasn't ringing. It. I just noticed the window said you'd started a call, so uh, I clicked the I'm, to join. I'm the exact same. I didn't say it was ringing. It just said join the call. Oh, <laughs> Fraser's on video. Make your face go away, Fraser. You'll save your oh, bandwidth. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to be, to be. To Make be fair, this isn't a podcast for faces. Oh, none of that. I do those now and again. I, I'm, I mean, I don't mind seeing other people's faces, but I'm still not a fan of being on uh, audio. Is easier because you can just look around the room and just, you know, sound online like we're interested. Whereas in reality, uh, we don't yeah. have to be. <laughs> I think, I think, just zo- like you know, COVID land. Everything's been Zoom or Teams. <laughs> Like, it has, hasn't it? It's. I mean, even me covering film festivals and stuff, it's all been like, oh, I'll do a press week on Zoom. And it's really easy to record, but I'm not a fan because I, mean, no. I was chatting to Courtney Gaines from Children in the Corner and knocked my camera over and he oh, was God. laughing. And then there was one of the, and I can't remember which one I did, but I could hear the guy perfectly, but unbeknown to me, I was stupidly quiet because my headset wasn't plugged in right. And he didn't tell uh, me because he was wonderfully polite. So when I'm oh, playing terrible. the video back, I'm like, I can barely hear me. You, you, you're subtitling yourself. It was awful. <laughs> but uh, So I was going to go straight into this topic, but I need to go into a different topic now. I've just come back from watching Top Gun Maverick. All right. I've not seen it yet. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it. I never spoil films anyway, but <clears throat> fuck me, that was an awesome film. Good, I'm glad. It's I, been 36 years in the making. Oh, I, it's like I was trying to... Right, so do you remember the... You've seen, well, you've both seen Gladiator now. Do you believe, right, Fraser, so Rob hadn't seen Gladiator <laughs> until last week. Right? I'm not even joking. His first time viewing of Gladiator was last week, so I was pestering him. I mean, but, I fell asleep watching Gladiator, so... Yeah, I was going to say, it wasn't worth the wait. Oof. No. <laughs> but... Right, so do you remember the bit at the end of Gladiator when Russell Crowe has been stabbed and who would help me carry him and the music comes in and, you know, unless yeah. you're a heartless fecker like Rob or whatever, you generally, <laughs> you, you feel a lump in your throat, your eyes get a bit welled up. Yeah. What, did it do it for that film for you or is there a better example where you genuinely think, I'm not going to do it, it's not going to get me, it's not going to get me and you, you end up spending a lot of time battling, th- 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 trying to stop your eyes from just leaking. Freedom! Ghostbusters Afterlife for me is the most recent example where I think I've seen it about maybe four times in the cinema and obviously we weren't expecting what we were expecting the first time we saw it down in London uh, filled you know in a cinema full of Ghostbusters fans Mm. Um, and you know when the bit happens it happens like there was not a dry eye between our group and then we've got to see it a few days later at another press screening and we're like, it's fine, it won't hit us that hard. And it's just every single time I've seen it, isn't I've it, seen it, it just Isn't it weird? Because you go, well, it's not going to get me now because I know what's coming, so it's not going to get me. And it still does. You end up getting, it gets you a little bit earlier than 
the first viewing would because you're going, nope, it's fucking get me. I know what's going. You picture that scene in your head and you're like, it's going to get me. I am not exaggerating whatsoever. From the moment Top Gun Maverick started, I was hovering that until the end. Okay. For the full two hours. So it's one of those films. Annette and I came out, uh, and I love the original Top Gun. It's a film I've seen countless times over the years. I saw it. I didn't see it on release, but I saw it. I saw it on a double bill with Beverly Hills Cop 2 when that was released. So it was like 1987. So it was a great good old Tony Scott double (laughs) bill. It was amazing. Um, But I was just like, it's not going to get me. It's not going to get me. It's not going to get me. It got you. It got an it. It it pretty much got me. It didn't get me in like Titanic where the first time I saw that and I'm like, the balcony scene got me. Not that I'll never let you go, Jack Parr. I was fine with that. But it was the balcony bit on Titanic that got me. But here's my concern. Yeah. My lovely fiance Siobhan has mm-hmm. not seen the original Top Gun. Doesn't, right? ma- doesn't matter. And I, but yeah, but I've, but I've got a copy of it, and I'm like, right, surely it'll be best to show her the original, or do I not? Uh, there is, there is enough in Top Gun Maverick that you don't have to see the original one. Okay. So you learn enough because I, I, I like to watch films. You know, in every way possible, as in like, right, I've seen Top Gun before, so therefore I'm watching it as somebody. And I wonder what somebody who's never seen it before, you know, Annette watched it. She's not seen Top Gun for like 20 years. She was blubbing her eyes out. So was I. Okay. Um, Okay. I I would probably not show, mainly because I actually think, and I'm not even kidding, I love Top Gun. I think Maverick is better than Top Gun. Yeah, it'll probably have more emotional weight to it. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you think back to the original yeah, yeah. Ghostbusters film, it's a bit, it's a, it's a fluff film. It's funny. It's more funny and scary than it is emotional. And then, you know, 30 odd years later, they do this new one. And it is mm. funny, but you're also crying your eyes out. So the like filmmaking and story storytelling, I think, has just come along a really long way from the 80s. So I'm not surprised Maverick tries to oh. punch in the throat. It's just, I can't remember, there's a very small amount of films that I've seen at the cinema as an adult that have got me as much as that one. I could, you know, as in like, this is pure entertainment. I am just loving every second of this film. I think John Wick 3 got me at the cinema when I, because that just starts and then it just doesn't let up until the end credits. <laughs> uh, same with John Wick 2. But beyond that, it's. I think I'm going back to childhood. Okay. Where I've gone to the cinema and just enjoyed a film as much as I have. As, well, as Top Gun Maverick, it's just I'm like stupidly excited for oh, it. I can't lie. So, so like, was I, and so am I. And uh, work, so you will be <laughs> a work colleague of mine, Abel. He's just come out of it. Um, maybe like he he had. Let's just take the piss out of Abel for a little bit, Rob. He had <laughs> uh, he had tickets for a one p.m. today IMAX showing, and he didn't wake up till half twelve, so he missed. Oh. <laughs> He missed it. So he then managed to get tickets for the quarter past four showing on IMAX. And he's watched it. And he he came back saying, five out of five, what an experience. And I was, It took me like an hour and a half to settle down after the film. Yeah, I think it's going, going to be a, oh, a, a Saturday job for us. I think we'll end up across to the cinema. We've got the Odeon Unlimited, the Limitless yeah, cars. Yeah. So, I think, But, you know, our, our cinema days will pretty much come to an end in like 11 weeks for a while. Uh, when baby arrives, so we're trying to see. We're going to try and just see watch everything. When does Jurassic Park come out? Right, brilliant. When does Thor come out? Have, I think we. Ju- I think we just have enough time 
for uh, Jurassic World Dominion, is that what it is? Yes, the, that's the one, yep. yep. Uh, and maybe Thor, Love yeah. and Thunder, yeah, yeah. and maybe Minions. I think yeah. that's what we've got time for. <laughs> wow. Fit them all in, because the next time you're going to be watching films, it'll be like, you know, Marvel Phase 7 or something, won't it? <laughs> But uh, do you know, I was, because I've watched over the past couple of days a couple of clips that Tom Cruise has done with James Corden, which I don't know if you've seen those. They are so funny. But what absolutely blew me away is just, I love Tom Cruise because he genuinely looks like, and I think he does, he just loves what he does. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and and it's going to entertain people, and I love doing it anyway, and that is so nice to see. I think he's Something. the last true like action star. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, from that breed of like Arnie, Sylvester, Bruce Willis, whatever. Yeah. I kind of feel like Tom, fifty nine years old. That's let's insane. not forget. I was tired. I was sweating by the end of that film, and all I was doing was sitting in a chair <laughs> with a slushy next to me. That was. I was exhausted. Have you seen the trailer for Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning uh, Part One? I, we got that as part of Top Gun as well. Doesn't so, look absolutely it, insane. Well, Stu Miller, right? He watched, so I shared it in a little Geek House Facebook group, and he went, yeah, it just looks like a bunch of stuff stuck together. I'm like, it's a fucking teaser trailer. Of course <laughs> it is. That's what it's meant to be. Did you not get a next year? That's when it's coming out. It's not supposed to make. One. Yeah. That's part one. But it looks yeah. amazing. The one thing I will tell you about Top Gun, and it's not a spoiler, and I told Annette, she was so glad that I told her. You probably know anyway, but it was part of his contract that there were no green screens and no oh, sort enough. of... So yeah. any time you see somebody in a cockpit flying... It's real. It's real. And there's a lot of those scenes in it. And knowing that, you watch it and you're like, fucking hell, that's impressive. And I think that's also the thing I love about Tom Cruise. It's well, not like... Oh, some... the original? Um, yeah, to a certain extent, yeah. 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 But he he said I will do Top Gun too, but on no sir you know, no accounts <laughs> do I want green screen green screen or in. And I think that's why I love the Fast and the Furious movies, but they're ninety percent green screen off them things or computer generated stuff, so it takes the danger out of it. But well, when Tom you get Cruise to see like been, he's been really clever because most people have to ask, you know, oh, for Christmas, I'd love a red letter data, you know, fly a jet plane or whatever. (laughs) He just goes out there and he says, right, what do I want to do next? Okay, and now uh, I'll make a movie for it and get paid. Yeah, I really want to hang out with Tom Cruise. (laughs) I really do, because after watching those James Corden things, I felt so jealous for James Corden. I'm like, I really want, I want that. I want Tom and me to just go do some stuff. I want full disclosure that I hate James Corden with all my passion. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm not a but, massive fan, to be fair. But Tom Cruise, does he, he follows me on Twitter. Does he follow you guys? He on does. Twitter? Yeah, he's followed yes, me for he, years. It's amazing. Right, so let's let's try let's let's invite <laughs> him over. Right, we'll get him up to the airfield here in Scotland. We'll get him up to Lossiemouth, yeah, where the jets launch for the yep. RAF, and let's get him up. Let's invite him up, and yep. then because he's Tom Cruise, he'll get in. And we're his best friends, so we'll just go. It's not like we'll it's, a blo- we- it's not like it's a blockbuster video or anything. You've got any ID with him, is it? <laughs> <laughs> they would let him into Lossy Mouth easy enough. I think it'll be fine. Uh, I've got a little bit of a throwback for you, Stuart. Okay. Um, eight years to the day we were at MCM London. That's scary, isn't it? Eight years. We did our three, our big three day event where. It was just mental. Do you remember how chaotic that was? <laughs> yes, the MCM one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, not not MCOM. Oh, we don't talk about MCOM. No, we don't talk about MCOM. <laughs> Although I got my own, I got my own fun stories for MCOM. But no, the MCM. I one, loved MCOM. I, I loved MCOM. Took over. 
Yeah, I, I love the um, yeah. Get off the stage, Red Dwarf. You refused. You refused to let it go. You refused. You're like, no, no. Yeah. Because MCon was just out the door, crazy. People yeah, not getting in, and I think we were the first panel up for Cops and Monsters, and people were tweeting that they were in the line waiting to get in for our panel, and you <laughs> and you vamped for like twenty minutes. <laughs> so four people could get in. <laughs> but the MCM, I also remember Sarah Madison going, so what are you going to ask me? I'm like, I have no clue. And the look of horror on her face. And this is like five minutes before I went on stage, and I genuinely had no clue what I was going to say. It just, you know, Rob knows I just go on stage and talk shit. And it works. She, she embarrassed me because she told, she told the story. Um, so before, unbeknownst to me, so we knew Sarah Louise Madison because she was in Doctor Who, because yeah. she was one of the she was the weeping angels in Doctor Who, and the Time Monsters and another one, uh, Time Zombies, and um, we emailed her to be in like the pilot for Cops and Monsters way back when, probably about eight years ago. Probably was. <laughs> and um, she was like, "Yeah, of course." I came up and did it, and then she embarrassed me on stage by saying that before she was in Doctor Who, she sent me an email asking if there was any roles for her and anything that I was working on, and apparently I didn't get back to her. <laughs> <laughs> whoops. Whoops. Definitely big old whoops. Whoops. So back, so eight years ago, you were you were doing Cops and Monsters. Younger. You were, you were younger. Yeah, eight years younger. <laughs> <laughs> probably like me, you're probably able to run up and down a flight of stairs without, you know, having a packed lunch or whatever. I can't now. I'm like, I'll tackle them stairs tomorrow. I've been in lockdown for two years. But you, you... You know, you were a filmmaker, you were on stage doing Good a Q&A. Now you've you put on a film event. So Rob and I are going to quiz you on uh, what your experience. And Rob will get some questions fired at him as well. So don't, Rob, I you're not I've getting away got, with it. I think I've still got PTSD. Rob will be <laughs> Rob, Rob, will be, Rob, Rob probably still has nightmares from like his first time out and my first time out. But I, I'm sensible enough when I'm walking away. <laughs> you like, I'm done. <laughs> So, I mean, you you sort of Ectocon, isn't it? Ectocon in Glasgow. Glasgow. I didn't know the Glasgow it. part. It was called Ectocon. But no, it was, Ectocon, it, was a, it was called Ectocon 2020. And then for some <laughs> bizarre reason, it didn't happen. In some sort of flu thing. But I don't know. Stuck up a little some, bit, didn't it? Oh, yeah, I think, I think but, the world stopped. But yeah, it's yeah, all right, because yeah. Boris saved us all. So it's Boris you know, and great. his pack of lies. And his pack but, yeah, of parties. We, um, pack of pies, I believe. Pack of pies, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it, uh, we, when, when we eventually got to go ahead with it, we, we changed it to Ectocon Glasgow. Yeah. Because, it, yeah, it, yeah, that's, yeah. So, <laughs> so pre-pandemic, you're like, right, we're yes. going to put this Ghostbusters convention on. And then the pandemic yeah. happened, and it was like, oh shit, can't really. Nothing went on. Everything got, went everything on, got and scrapped, it, didn't it? And it got and it got pushed back, and it got pushed back uh, because the. So originally, it was in response to Sony putting on a fan fest for the 35th anniversary of Ghostbusters in California, but the tickets were like the. the I think the bare minimum tickets were like five hundred pounds, right? Wow. Yeah. And that was before, and that was bare minimum. That was just to get you through the door, right? That wasn't meeting anybody. That wasn't buying anything. Yada yada yada. And that wasn't uh, to get you to California either. That wasn't your flight. <laughs> no. That wasn't your flight. flight and hotel, hotel included. Your food, bargain. Right? I love it. Um, so that so a lot of people in Europe, in particular, and the UK, were like, "Well, that's not fair." So I <laughs> said, "Well, let's do our own one," and I was immediately hit with 
backlash for for having the audacity to say that it said it in Glasgow. Why? Um, why, we why? Why were you? Uh, the, the, sorry, I watched the Ricky Gervais special yesterday. He comes out with a good <laughs> thing about entitlement and people got you know how having arrogant it. you have to be if you think every, you know nothing's ever going to upset you type thing. Why would you be? You're trying to put this Ghostbusters thing on because you want to and because people will hopefully like it. What was what was the backlash? Because it wasn't in London. But you don't live in London. Right? You live in Glasgow. <laughs> so why would you we put were, it on miles away? You live in Glasgow. And we were, to, and we were told, oh, you'll never sell. Like, our capacity was 500. Yeah. And we were told, oh, you'll never sell 500 tickets. And we were told, oh, you'll never get good guests. And we were told, Rob, this will be familiar to you. And we were told... <laughs> We were told oh, it will never work. At one point, we were we were told that it was going to be the next fire festival. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> like all this stuff got thrown at us, and they they when it eventually did happen, and yeah. even and oh, even like on the on the day before, it almost didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and I'll go into that because it's therapeutic for me to talk about it. But we the, the week before, like we people were begging us for tickets, literally emailing us, joining our Facebook group, joining the Ghostbuster Glasgow Facebook group, tweeting at us, sending a message on Instagram. Everybody, it was almost as if like they didn't know what was happening or they didn't believe it was going to happen and then all of a sudden everybody wanted to be there. And people were literally begging us for tickets. You, you've, you've got to love the positivity of the human race. Like, I'm going to put this event, oh, I don't see why you're bothering, to be fair, it's not going to happen. Oh, all right, good point, I won't bother then. So why can't yeah. people just, you know, right? Say you, right? So you you decide next week you're going to put on a Power Rangers event or something, Fraser. Next R- week, Rob, behave yourself. Rob would be very, <laughs> Rob would be very excited because he I'd loves be Power there. Rangers. First ticket sold, Fraser. But I'm if not I, doing it, Rob. I'm not doing it. <laughs> no, Rob, you, <laughs> Rob, you can do it. My convention days are over. You do it, Rob. <laughs> but imagine I'm sitting there going, "There is no way that Fraser's going to sell tickets. It's not going to work." I wouldn't tell you. I know. And if we, it didn't what, work, I'd go, oh, I knew that wouldn't work. But I wouldn't go, thing, oh, Fraser, I could have told you that I'd fail. Just let people thing, do what they was, do. The it was never just me, though. It was, <laughs> no. it, was, it was the Ghostbusters of Glasgow, Scotland and Aberdeen. That was the three. And it was a guy called Ed Parsons, who's in Essex. And he's a really well-known figure in the Ghostbusters community in the UK. And he goes by Ecto Crank. Yeah. Guy makes... A, you know, a good living, selling designs that he makes to do Ghostbusters, Turtles, Power Rangers, you name it. And um, it was an event for the four of us because we all wanted to do it. Yep. And the amount of shit we got <laughs> for having oh. the cheek. And then, uh, obviously, it got pushed back and pushed back. And the organisers at the Trades Hall, the organiser at the Trades Hall, gave us the date, the new date, which was going to be the 7th of May. Uh, originally, it was going to be another date. And she came back and said, oh, sorry, that date's actually been booked out for a rescheduled wedding. Okay. I can give you this date. And we agreed. And we were in conversations with her right up until Friday morning before the event. And I went in on Tuesday with the DJ to sort out where the after party would be, yada, yada, yada. And we were asking if we could take the DJ equipment in the night before. They wanted an extra £250 to let us set up the night before. <laughs> Remind, to, remember, to be fair, opening a, opening a door is very expensive. It's worth it, yes. Yeah. Very charity expensive. Charity event, right? All of our profits are going to the Glasgow Children's Hospital charity. Can't stress that enough, right? Okay. Uh, almost all of the guests came for flights and hotels only. Some, not so much. But that's fine. That's our choice. But on at 4.45 on Friday night, I was an hour and a half away from Glasgow. I was in Edinburgh at a wedding with Siobhan. 
and I get I, my phone's on silent and I come out for a bit of fresh air and my phone's on fire. And basically what happened was the trades hall double booked us with a wedding and they only discovered this at 4.45 the night, the night before our event. So what was your, I mean, I can imagine what your mindset was, but what was your mind, do describe, I, can, I would probably think, you know, heart in mouth, I think, at that time. An element of that, well, yes, but because it wasn't just me organising it, Scott uh, Harwood, who was also running, uh, uh, running it with us, who has run smaller, similar events like this for a long time, he was dealing with the CEO directly at the Trades Hall, and they offered us compensation of the cost of the hall, and uh, which we hadn't paid yet, and they offered our, our deposit back, and they offered us a like-for-like like replacement venue 200 yards up the road, they promised us that they'd have volunteer staff on the door at the Trades Hall to redirect anybody who came to the Trades Hall looking for us to the new place. And they, we didn't find out what the new venue was going to be until 8 o'clock that night. We couldn't get into a 9 o'clock that night to have a look at it, but they had an event. It was a nightclub. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, so we went from five rooms capacity of 1,500 in total to two rooms capacity of 500 if you didn't have anything in the venue. <laughs> if you didn't have wow, okay. your guests, your traders' tables, what? your props, this, your stage for your talks. And um, basically, I was on the phone to the CEO at the Trades Hall at 10 o'clock at night going, you have completely screwed us. I, I had 28 traders lined up. I've been told I can fit in eight. And they've all paid to be there. They're all, they've all paid their stock. They've all travelled up here to be here. You're going to have to pay that money. Yeah. And like I am still fighting with them to get all that sorted. And so our two and a half years we had to plan that event, uh, was thrown out the window and we had 14 hours to replan an entire event. So where do you start by re I mean you you did man spoiler you managed to replan the event and the event happened but amazing an amazing team an amazing amount of goodwill some ghostbuster fans who traveled up from England were very snappy about the whole affair. So I told some you told you you should have held it in London. Yeah, one of us heard one of them say they had two and a half years and this is all I could do. Wow. Oh, I could have flung them out the building. Yeah. Could have flung them. Some of them didn't believe that the venue double booked us and no yeah. one told us. Did they? And they were, how, how could you not know? Because we didn't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> let, me, let me show you the message on my phone that says 4.45pm. Yeah, oh, um, let me show. But let me show you the message on my phone from seven forty-five in the morning, telling us that they were going to get back to us to tell us what the frequencies of the microphones were, so we could bring spare wireless mics. Yeah, that's where we were up to. But yeah, we did it, and it was great. And we did a charity lunch the next day with some of the stars. And Scott's bank is matching, not matching, but giving us money towards the charity as well and we're definitely going to get some sort of compensation from the trade so so the charity is probably going to walk away with about five grand after nice. everything mm. i mean and you, um, need, you need to do a crowdfunding thing for your therapy bills i would think <laughs> i honestly month. i was so and like i want to hear how you got on after your first one rob but i was so unbelievably burnt out after all of it i think i was running on nothing but adrenaline Mm. Like 
that whole time. Even now I'm knackered. And it's been <laughs> and it's been three weeks. You can't even watch Ghostbusters now, it just brings you out in stress. I, I I have not I swear to God, I've not been able to do anything Ghostbusters related since the event. And it's nothing to do with the movies. I no. love the movies with all my heart. And I had a great time hanging out with Jennifer Runyon, who was in the first movie. Great time hanging out with Laura Summer, who was Janine in the real Ghostbusters cartoon. And even Eldo Reyes, who was in one scene of the movie, who was shouting, Ghostbusters, all right! You know, the guy after the red hair. Emmy award-winning makeup artist. Great time with him. And But, like, I just can't bring myself to to, to have anything to do with it. Now, here's a question for you, Rob. So, listening to what mm-hmm. Fraser says now, do you think at some point in like a year, six months, five years, he, mm-hmm. will, he will wake up one day and go, do you know what? I think I might be ready to do another one. Um, <laughs> um, there's a pause there. He's like, no, it's not looking good, before, Fraser. Well, before, no, no, before, before, before hesitation. <laughs> to be fair, yes. Um, so, where are you up to? How many? How many have you done? And how many? And do you want to do it again? There's there's four that have happened so far, right? Um, and I do want to do it again, but I don't want to uh, uh, host it here in Llandudno to don't, start. Doing Glasgow, there's a lovely venue. Doing Glasgow, it's quite well here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Stay away from the truth, Tom. You know, yep. the, the problem I had here. Um, unlike yourself, where people were, were knocking down your door for tickets, um, is that people weren't willing to travel for an event that was unestablished. Yeah. Um, so um, we, well, I, I was posting about it on um, Facebook groups, for example, um, and I remember somebody messaging after the event going, What's it like? Because um, <laughs> it, it's only five minutes down the road. But, um, you know, I, I didn't bother. I went to uh, Wales Comic Con instead. Oh. Yeah, the one that's not five minutes down the road. Wasn't, yeah. there, wasn't there some, I think it was year one, wasn't there some shitty Lego display or something? I mean, you know, Lego's not shitty. Lego's amazing. But there was some <laughs> little <yourself>. church hall <laughs> where I, I've, I've got a room in the other, uh, next to me that is just filled with, Tons of Lego, you wouldn't even believe it. Annette's like a Lego junkie, it's crazy. She's got the Millennium Falcon, it costs 650 quid, just saying. Uh, She's got a Ghostbusters Ecto thing as well, she got that. Nice. That is very impressive, so she, yes. But there was some sort of church hall that decided they were going to put a Lego display on in their little church hall on the same day. Was that year one? It it was, and it wasn't (laughs) um, a Lego uh, display at a church hall. It was was a a Lego... um, kind of display with traders apparently at uh, a, a local hotel's um function room right. um i think they were charging five pound a trader table five pound a trader table yeah. behave yourself wow. so we, we know that they had uh, <laughs> comprehensive insurance for that event oh of course um, yeah. yeah that'd all be included um, in the five pounds wouldn't it well, well of course yeah. um <laughs> And and yeah, it, it was put on um, because they thought they could leech people from um, the Sci-Fi Wales event. That's horrible. Uh, it is, isn't it? Well, the the thing that I didn't understand is why didn't they approach me? Because you know what, I like Lego. It mm. kind of fits with what we were doing. You know, there was great crossover. 
there could have been room for for setting some space aside and and working with these people but uh they they tried to to go against me and well yeah because everybody thinks that everyone thinks they can do it better yeah where where nobody wants to collaborate and pull the resources like like crank who ran his event with us and he's in Essex, the day after or a couple of days after, he was getting nothing but Instagram messages from other Ghostbuster groups in England going, right, we think we can do better than you. We're taking over. Okay. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it's, the, it's uh, like, I just don't know why there isn't a conversation between people that isn't like, yeah. well, you've got that, I've got this, they've got that, and I know yeah. we can get this. So why don't why and it's the same in the filmmaking community and Stuart yeah. will know that just as well as I do. Yeah. Nobody likes to share their toys, mm-hmm. no. figuratively and emotionally. Nobody likes to play fair. I, I think you know the, there's so many people I try to work with, um, other event organisers, and the only one that ever worked out for me where somebody didn't try and stab me in the back was with. Um, the organisers of the Stoke-on-Trent event in Stoke-on-Trent um, they would be invited to our event to um, have a stand and give out leaflets and uh, they would do the same for us and that's how it should be this yeah. you know it, it worked very well um, you know whereas other people I invited them down they there was there was one uh, event, and I'm not saying which it is, because uh, they don't deserve any kind of advertising whatsoever, negative or positive. Oh, but... Please tell me it's the Comic Con guy. Oh. Tell me it's Andy Cleek. <laughs> let's hear Rob's story, and then we'll see where this one heads. <laughs> and um, I think it was the first two years I um, was trying to kind of foster a good relationship. Um, inviting them down uh, to have a table. They were allowed to give out leaflets for their event. And then year three, they decided to run an event on the same day at the same time in Rill, which is, what, 25, 30 minutes away? Yeah. That's awful. Yeah, it's not the the one I thought. I thought it was going to be the one that chucked you out, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck showmasters, that's what I said. Um, You chucked you out. Rob Rob got thrown out. I think we talked about this the other week, didn't we? I I, I will quite happily (laughs) name them this. They are showmasters. They're idiots. Um, They chucked (laughs) me out because um, I was caught giving a business card to a trader. Ugh. And I would, you know, I would like to add that Rob had paid to go into. He'd not like run okay. in the back and just like flinging out business cards like confetti or whatever. You were a, you were a, a paying member of the public. Exactly. See, yeah. I got lucky. Like the the fellow Comic Con organizers up here who are still standing, where they either stayed out of our way and then and and didn't publicly say anything, uh, but they also had the decency not to have an event the same day. Yeah. And 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 when we did eventually get to run our event, it was free comic book day, ah. so like it would have been really easy for a, a ha- you know a couple that I can think of off the top of my head could have very easily done something, and they were very whether they meant it or not, <laughs> they were very respectful yeah. and stayed out of our way. And one Comic Con organizer, Shan Azir, uh, who runs a, a slew of events throughout the year, and he's taken over. MCM gave up their license for Scotland. 
So no more MCM Scotland. It's oh, okay. done. It's gone. Yeah. Uh, the this other guy, Shah, he's taken over MCM and he's do, now doing two events a year, and that's a big, you know, those are big shoes to fill in that in that big space in Glasgow, and he's taken over and he got a bucket full of abuse for having the cheek to take <laughs> over MCM, but he was he was so supportive of us, and that's what it should be. It should mm-hmm. be support, yeah. like. But you know we're never doing this again. Well, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> you say like, that. I'm going go, to go no. back in about five years. Going if you check out episode <laughs> 627, Fraser, you said no. Here is here is my three reasons. Why, here are okay. my four reasons why I'm never going back. Yeah. One, you don't want uh, to. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. Two, I don't want to. Three, no, Sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> one, one, my son arrives in eleven weeks. Yeah, right. He will be my priority. Two, I'm getting married next June. That's a priority. Three. Uh, my or my current project, Origins of the Layoff, is in quite extensive conversations with former Bad Wolf producers and E1. Uh, my animated series that I'm working on with a producer in Australia is close to getting funded from Creative Scotland. Okay. So, all going well, I get to go back to my day job. And number four, quite honestly, I've done it. I don't I have nothing but respect for Rob in particular and anyone else who says I'm going to do a Comic Con and I'm do I'm going to do it on a regular basis because I've done it now and I know how much hard work goes into it and I had no illusions before I went into it that it was going to be easier but I knew it was going to be hard little did we know it was going to be as hard as it was but I, I don't need to do it anymore I've ticked it off my bucket list see see what I heard there Rob was is not going to be at least one for three years. <laughs> yeah, well, you That's... know, as soon, as soon as he mentioned, uh, you know, his little boy coming along, I'm like, fair enough. Yeah, there's okay. not one. There's not one this year. It's all right. Yeah, Next year, wedding. All right, fair enough. Years, After that, I think we're fantastic. Um, yeah. You know, uh, cosplay age. Yeah, but uh, you know, as I messaged you when you sort of sort of said things had gone not to plan, but you know, you did put the event on Fraser, and it and it happened. No, it wasn't easy. The world and, and your, therapist, your therapist will know all about it and he'll know more details you than we do. I am your therapist. therapist. Uh, Rob, can you send an invoice over to Fraser Cole, please? Uh, but but you did it. Yeah, and, and I'm I think I did it. Yeah, I know, I know, and but there's there's an event coming up. I think it's on the fourth of June potentially, and it's it's the Glasgow Comic Con run by Shah, uh, and the Ghostbusters of Glasgow have a table because I got the table, but I'm not going. As a Ghostbuster, I'm not going to work at the table. I'm literally going to put on a geeky T-shirt, probably Doctor Who. I'm going to pay my ticket and I'm going to just enjoy it. As <laughs> I, a I have I have visions of um, Fraser looking at his Ghostbuster uniform and having the same feelings as like a, a war veteran <laughs> who looks at his medals. He's like, I can't do it. It's just too soon. You know, it's more. It's more like a retired superhero. Like. I feel like <laughs> Both both of my suits are in the cupboard, and you know what? I really genuinely hope that yeah. one day I feel the, the the want again. Because even before EctoCon happened, I was feeling burnt out from doing the Ghostbuster stuff anyway. Because it was literally it was every weekend there was another event, and when we just started, it was me and Rich, uh, Richard Young, and it was just me and him, and then it was me him and someone else, then it was me him and a couple more people. And then over you know, over the three years that we've done it, four years we're doing it, more like we now have a steady group of like ten people who rotate and do events. So, so we don't always have to do them just us, which is great. But we were doing events all the time, and it stopped being fun for me. 
it, it started to feel like a job. And I have a job. <laughs> I work in tele. I work in film. I work in independent TV and film. That's a joke. <laughs> I think the real reason, and probably a very valid reason, is if in just over eleven weeks, phrases like "I'm just going to put my Ghostbusters thing and go out for the day," she'd be like, oh, "Fuck you are." <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what would happen in my world. I'm thinking, so I'm not like, "Oh, this is apt to phrase." It would probably happen to me too. <laughs> so there's the real reason. But, but no, I think I just like I, I honestly just like. There's there's a there's a shelf life for it. First of all, you know, yeah. forty in two years, and the proton packs that we have aren't light, right? They're not easy to put on the back uh, as you get older. And I've got a dodgy leg anyway, but there's just there's a shelf life for it. And we, I feel like we peaked because we got I got us tickets to go down to London for the premiere of the new movie. We got to meet Ivan Reitman, R.I.P. Oh. We got to meet. Yeah, I know. I'm going to we ask you about that then, because that's... And ask away. That's, uh, we got to meet Jason Reitman, no. who directed yeah, well, you know, wrote Reitman, the new film. Yeah. And, you know, we, we got to do that. We were part of that night. We were a part of that Ghostbusters history. And then we capped it off with Ectocotton, right? To me, that feels like a really nice yeah. bookend. And I said to Richard after Ectocotton and once the dust was settled, I said, in all honesty, how do we top that year? How do we top that? There's no topping it. I, like, and if Richard comes up with a great idea that's better... You will punch can, Richard in the face uh, no, and block I, him. I'll, I'll shake his hand and go, good luck. Yeah, it's, enjoy. It's, it's, what's, really, what's really funny is like everyone keeps saying, oh, you'll do it again, or when's the next one, yeah. or, or he's only, he will come and do another one. But no, and, and it's not part of it is because oh, Jesus what a fucking nightmare all of that was <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the bigger part of it for me is like no I'm going back to my day job I'm going like, and I've got enough commitments in my life coming up where I'm like nah that's plenty and I would much rather go to Rob's event <laughs> much yeah. to- <laughs> a lot of people and Rob you'll have had this a lot from me as well is from somebody who um, that's somebody who watches films I guess all three of us do it so we watch a film that's great we go to yep. an event that we enjoy. We like that part. As the person who buys the ticket and goes into it, it's great because we show up, we have like four or five hours worth of fun or yeah. two hours if it's a film or five hours if it's a Marvel movie. And then we go we go home and we go, right, what's next? We want the next thing. Very few people see what goes on behind the scenes. <laughs> it's like, yes, you might have spent the afternoon at Ectocon or Sci-Fi Wales, but this shit's been planned for months or years or whatever. They don't see that part. So that's, yeah, you just got to nod and go, yeah, maybe. People to this day still message the the Facebook group asking, oh, is there a Sci-Fi Wales on next year? And we still go back and go, well, not this year, but, you know, yeah. you never know. It may happen again. And I don't know if it'll happen again because that's all down to Rob. I get the easy bit. I show up about an hour before the first panel and go, Rob, where's my microphone? And I take the <laughs> microphone and I stand on stage and I chat to very famous people about whatever I done well choose and I get away with it. And it's like, ha ha, Rob's let me do this again. Or Fraser's let me do this again. Ha ha ha. And I go away and go, well, that was fun. Easy bit for me as well. But you guys well, no, have done the hard bits. Well, no pressure, Rob. And I know what you went through to a degree. But I need you to do another one soon so I can come and promote my new TV show and so Stuart can be my panel host. Yeah. I miss. I really do miss. I miss being then. on stage with you. I, I miss, miss being on stage with you because any other panel that we did for Cops and Monsters, it wasn't a Stuart panel. wasn't as much fun. Oh, 
I would let me just transfer that money to you, Fraser. Um, Thank you. That's uh, going towards his therapy, isn't it? No, no. If you can put it into the baby fund, that'd be I great. Will. But no, like, but, but me, you, like, me, and you, we got to share the stage with Boise. We did. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And Caitlin Blackwood looked bemused at any story <laughs> yes, she Boy, Boise told. <laughs> She's just like, Caitlin who are these? No people? idea what was going on. Uh, do you know what I mean though like yeah. we, we got you know we and that's what's great about Comic Cons and that's what and you know you did your whole documentary about Comic Cons like, so you know they are they are they're a, they're a fucking hard slog yeah. but they're good fun they like, really they're are. absolutely good fun and I love being on stage with you I love watching you same, same with Des O'Gorman like yeah. Des, I've been I've been lucky enough to see Des Des was our panel host for ExoCon and he was just absolutely phenomenal and kept it alive. That's the job of the stage host. And there's just something so special about going to Comic Con, seeing your pals, looking at other people dressed like uh, as, as like Doctor Who or Ghostbusters, Star Wars, Star Trek, Red Dwarf, whatever. There's just a nice camaraderie, a nice we. This is our shared interest. You take all your photos and whatever, and there's just something so nice about that. And you're like, what and is, what is that blur? It's just Rob running around in the background because he barely... <laughs> you didn't see shit on Sci-Fi Wales 1, did you, Rob? I, didn't, I, well, I think I saw you stick your head in the panel once, but you were busy for the entire day. And I get that. Fair, I didn't see I think, shit of Ectocon. Yeah, I think <laughs> only when it came to number four did I say to myself, you know what, you need to slow down and actually, <laughs> you know, take a few minutes just to take some things in. So, you know, it, on, on that fourth event, you did see me come into uh, into your panel room, Stuart. Yeah. And I didn't just run in, check everything was all, all right and run out. I ran in, sat down and spent at least three, four minutes watching a bit of the panel and then I ran off. Which uh, can you remember which panel it was, or can we not mention her name on this podcast anymore? Um, I want to say the 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 one panel I do remember from the last uh, the last show was um, Virginia Hay and mm. uh, our good friend Neil. Did see that? Even that, I love the fact that you. I mean, Fraser, you've done it twice. Uh, Rob, you've done it like four times. Where you just just have a microphone, do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's like the Virginia Hay one. It was, I don't know if it was ever lined up to just be me and Virginia. I don't think it was. I think it was just like, right, well, we'll do a panel with Virginia. And then Neil Johnson was there, and I'm like, Neil, mm-hmm. just come up, come up and sit on stage. I know Neil. So, so he just sat on stage, and I got to speak to the pair of them. And it was awesome. It was great. So it made my job easier, and I get to speak to two of my friends. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Neil and I have hung out loads of times. I think the most recent time was like a couple of months ago. So whenever he's in uh, the UK, he pops over and I'm like, hi, Neil. Uh, what, what, what actress can't you mention on the podcast? Well, I can't mention it because on the podcast, <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you after. But R- Rob, you know, don't you? <laughs> I know nothing. I feel, I feel dramatically out of the loop. <laughs> well, yeah, because you were just there for the first one, weren't you? We only, we only did one because, yeah. cops and Mo- again, Cops and Monsters, so much hard work. Yeah. Like... We've talked about that countless times. I'm not going to go back into it. Um, look up any podcast with me and Stuart when Cops and Monsters are being made, and you'll know, <laughs> you'll know the hard work in that one. It was like putting on 10 Exocons. But, uh, yeah, so we we just we just have had nothing to promote. Like, we've just been so busy doing other things. Yeah. We've not been, you know, we've not done, like, our last panel would have been MCM Glasgow in, like, what, 
2018 maybe that was that was probably the last time that we did anything and then obviously the pandemic hit not long after so I miss I miss I miss two things. I miss being on stage making something. Being on stage being on set making something. And I miss I miss being on Comic Cons. Like 'cause I just so much good fun. Were you there the day that someone asked us like we asked the audience a question like the audience asked a question and it was what's your favourite cheese? <laughs> I think I've seen the clip of that though. I will I will beat that one. So I am sitting on um, I, can't, I think it might have been Sci-Fi Wheels 3. I think, Rob, you might be able to sort of correct me. But it, there was going to be me on stage with two guys from Star Wars. Right, One of them was Brian Muir, who did all the props like way back. He helped design Darth Vader's helmet and everything. So nice. he's, it's like, seriously, the, the career this guy's had is just nuts. And somebody else, I can't remember who somebody else is. But they pulled out, didn't they, Rob? They're like, oh, I don't really want to do a panel. And this was like only pretty close to the panel. I'm like, all right, I'll just, I'll go, I'll just sit on stage with Brian and just chat to him. And I think that was the first one where I actually just sat behind the desk rather than run up and down the floor and whatnot. I just sat next to Brian, and we had a good old chat for like forty minutes, and it was amazing. And like this guy's legendary. He's done his career is nuts. It goes back decades. And somebody, anybody got any questions? Yeah. Do you think Darth Vader would this new Darth Vader would have a black lightsaber or a red one? And I'm like, oh for fuck's sake! And I ended up answering the question for him because poor O'Brien's like, uh, looked at me and I'm like, don't worry, I'll take care of this one. But some of the questions, Jesus, because it's really hard. What will we? I think sometimes you can never predict whether the audience is going to ask questions or not. Sometimes everybody will ask one, and sometimes nobody does. And if nobody, nobody does, you feel embarrassed for these guests on stage because you're like, look, these are the most interesting. They're all in the room together. Speak to them. Ask them stuff. Or just let me do. You're um, right, though. There, there, is that, there is that fear. Whether it's a packed out audience that we had when we did MCM London eight years ago to the mm. day, and we were packed out, or there's 10 people, 20 people, 30 people, you're just so scared that no one's going to put their hands up and ask a question. Yeah. Like you're just absolutely pet- petrified. Because we would always like start with a clip or like a trailer or something. Or normally Billy Kirkwood and I would shoot something ridiculous. Yeah. Lead into lead into a trailer and uh, and then whatever. But you'd be so worried that people just wouldn't respond. I think by year two, and I can't remember which panel it was, but I, I literally said to the people in the audience, I'm like, look, if you've got a question, stick your hand up. Otherwise, I'm going to keep on talking because I've yeah. got loads. <laughs> and then I would just periodically look around and if somebody raised a hand, then they would get to chip in. But sometimes they just didn't. And it's like, um. do you remember what Do you remember what we did in London where we said whoever asks the best question wins a prize? Yeah. Do you remember that? That was our little, technique. It was a little kid as well. That won, oh, it was a kid. It? Yeah, yeah, a little kid. Yeah. So. Easy Dairy Lee. That no, was, it was, uh, luring in children with prizes. You can't, can't, get, away can't, that that can't get away with no, that no, anymore. Can't get away with that anymore. No. And it was Gouda. Thank you, Rob. That was our favourite show. <laughs> Fair enough, then. <laughs> so, Rob, you did four. Well done, mate. Right. So, at the end of one, you were probably exhausted. Mm-hmm. How I quick... was exhausted after. <laughs> you were exhausted every before one. one. But was there ever a thought to not doing a two? Um. I don't think so. No, um, it's it's a, a difficult one because um, directly after the event, um, you kind of, or at least I did, um, completely shut down your memory of it and just kind of avoid it for a while. Um, so 
you know, I, I finished the event. I had used all of my leave from my day job um, f- um, before the event happened. So I had no time off anyway. So I came off the event at the weekend and went straight back into my day job on the Monday um, and and just kind of forgot all about it for a few weeks. Yeah. Um, and one of the big, big fears um, after year one um, was am I going to, you know, come home to an inbox full of complaints? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was the fear for us as well. Um, and, you know, so much so, I think, um, you know, the next day I'd sent you a message and said, any chance you could field Facebook and Twitter? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. face it. <laughs> Fraser, um, Fraser used to do the same thing with the Cops and Monsters Twitter account. He's like, as a troll, Eric. Yeah, no oh, problem. You, well, right, okay, so, so right. I'll, I'll, I'll briefly mention it, and then I've, I've got a question for Rob about ye, about year two and three and four subsequently. Do you remember that one particular troll we had on Cops and Monsters <laughs> who would not leave the woman alone? Do you remember? He was like some. We were convinced it was a fake account, yes. but then we may, but then we maybe found the person who we were like, no way is that a real person? They were like a that teacher down person. south or something, but it weren't was, they? But it was a real person, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I remember that because he would just. And I can't remember it. It's one of those. If I saw his name, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's you it. remember it. But yeah, I yeah. can't remember it enough to go. This is what the person's name was. But, but they, they kept, were relentless. Yeah, they just kept coming they back were again. Real. They bought a ticket for the first Sci-Fi Wales event, Did they? Um, and then uh, <laughs> rang up to cancel because oh. they were unable to make it. Oh, I'd have punched well, them in the face. I'd have got them on stage and hammered them. I'd have Will so Smith. My que- them. So, so my question was: Before we get into a libel suit, um, did you find so? Like, obviously, you had all your trial, trials and tribulations. Get like with the first one. Not try, you know what I mean? Like, get, like making sure it actually happened, right? And I know that struggle. When, when it came to you going, right, okay, we're doing year two, mm-hmm. did you find the support was better? Did people get round it? Or was it um, just as much as an up? And I'm not, like, I, take no disrespect from this. I'm genuinely curious. Was it still an uphill struggle? It, it was still an uphill struggle because once we were established on year one, mm-hmm. I think... You know, the majority of people who attended had a great time and came back kind of for the second, the third, the fourth. You know, we saw a lot of familiar faces, um, you know, especially uh, the VIP tickets because they had access to the VIP lounge with the food and all that kind of stuff. That it it was a close knit group. There was always a member of uh, my team in that room, including myself at times, nice. um, keeping an eye on things, making sure it was only used by uh, the, the VIP ticket holders and obviously the, the celebrity guests. Yeah. Um, so you would see the people who'd returned for, um, as a VIP for year two, for year three, and you'd sit down and you'd have a chat with them and, and um, kind of um, find out what they've been up to because they became friends. Um, so you had kind of the the support of the people who've been there for year one, but it was still hard getting other people um, to appear, uh, uh, you know, uh, come come uh, over and, uh, and and buy a ticket. Um, it, it seemed to be that 
because we hadn't got what people consider A-listers, you know, we hadn't got Shatner. Uh, you were you never going to get Shatner. We, no, now, but, now we don't want Shatner, do we not, Rob? We were, we were, no. we were, we were never going to get Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> um, but because you hadn't got those, and um, and in particular, Wales Comic Con did seem to be getting what people would you know, consider an A-lister, um, then people would say, well, you know, th- there's two events on in Wales, you know, I'll go to Wales Comic Con, even though uh, Sci-Fi Wales was, uh, you know, n- nowhere near that in the calendar year, um, people just didn't seem interested in um, saying, you know what, I'll, I'll go and have a fun day out at this event as well, which yeah. which baffles me because, you know, when I, um, you know, have, have grown up, if there was an event nearby... You would go. And I got the money. Yeah, I'd go. Yeah. It doesn't matter who was there because, like you say, it's not just about the guests. It's about the panels. It's about the traders and the things you can, you can find there that you can't find by walking into the local toy store. Um, it's about meeting people that maybe you've only met online, the amount yeah. of people I've met um, after speaking to them on the internet um, and then finally met at a con. Um, it's it's the, the whole kind of um, kind of atmosphere you go for, but people just didn't seem to get it, other than obviously the people who were there for the, the first year. So yeah. the numbers did grow uh, year on year, but didn't grow... Um, to the levels that I really needed them to. Um, And then, you know, as soon as we were past year two, then it seemed to be everyone was out to to really throw a spanner in the works. Like I say, there was, um, you know, the event in just outside Rill. There was um, an event in... uh, Bolton, there was an event in Derby all on the same day, and it was like, oh, my. It's like Fraser said, it's the same in the film community. It's the same in the podcasting community. I listen to a lot of other people's podcasts, and the amount of podcasts that that we'll never mention on other podcasts' title. So weird. And I know one one specifically. I I don't give a shit, because it's like, I don't get paid for this. I get to chat with people who I enjoy chatting to, and it gets recorded, and and goes out. It's fun, um, but some podcasts will they'll never they don't do it because if they they might stop listening to mine, or they <laughs> might have two shows to listen to. That's the real thing. But there's but, never going to be there's no there's never going to be just one Comic Con a year. No, there's never no. going to be. It's not like okay, now it's your turn and move the next year. And there's never going to be one film out every you know a year. There's never going to be yeah. one TV show. Like there's never going to be one podcast. I don't I don't understand this weird. Entit- we're back to entitlement, right? Yeah. There's, there's, there's such this weird entitlement of no, this is ours and it can only be ours, and if you don't come to ours, then don't bother. It's <laughs> so bizarre. It's the tribe. But... It's the tribal thing, though, isn't it? Because it's yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can a Marvel fan like a DC movie? Oh no, 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 no. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, can. can somebody who owns an Xbox say, "I'm going to buy a PlayStation"? No, PlayStation. You, <laughs> no, you can't do that. It's very much you've got to like this. You know the whole Johnny Depp v Amber Heard. Which side are you? I'm not on any fucking side. I don't know either of them. Johnny Depp sent go, me a signed picture once, so you know. Maybe I was going to go more retro, and I was going to say, "Are you oh, are you Oasis or Blur?" You can only yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but. Oh, I can't go. oh, there's a Comic-Con on next week, but I can't go to that because I went to one in March. 
Yeah. Who does go that? Watch, go does watch that. Experience Comic Con and you will see how many Comic Cons you can go to in a year. I, I did loads. <laughs> so that's probably the only time I'll ever do, I'll ever spend about three grand because I needed an ending. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> the plan I originally had hasn't worked. So now I need to go to San Diego Comic Con. Oh, you just and, had oh, what to. Shame. You know, what shame. And I had to do it. But technically, it's still a zero budget movie because, you know. I was going there anyway because it's San Diego Comic Con, but uh, you know, even the whole experience of not getting tickets for that was shocking because I didn't. I didn't get. I, I got obviously plane tickets and hotel remember, tickets, but I, I did not get access. And then ended up with one press pass. I'm like, well, because you, you know, were stuck in that waiting room online. Remember? Yeah, for an hour to see if you could even get tickets. Oh yep. man, it was I don't think I don't think New York Comic Con's like that. I don't think New yeah. York. I think. I mean, I do. I mean, I would love to go out to to do, you know, San Diego Comic Con. I would love to go out and do New York Comic Con, but it's just we would need to be invited as guests. Do you know what I mean? Yep. It's just not feasible to just go. But um, yeah, are you going to? Are, are you thinking about doing a fifth, Rob? Um, I'm sure at some point there will be a fifth event. Um, like I say. The next, the, my fifth event, however, won't be here. Um, I will probably move it to somewhere more central. So, you know, Manchester or or whatever, just because um, the when you, you, you look at a, a radius, you, you know, around the area, there's just so more people. So many more people there compared yeah. to uh, to here in Llandudno. No, the problem here is, the ocean. you know, yeah, you, you've got an ocean that's taking yeah. up, you know, sixty percent of that that radius. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah. Uh, but then, I I miss those days though. Selfishly, it's like I get to you know once a year I get to go down and stand on stage and chat to really cool. You mentioned not getting Bill Murray, but getting somebody. I prefer the somebody else's. Yeah, the stories are always far more interesting. I mean, sitting down with a guy who did the props for Star Wars and a whole bunch of stuff, or you know, some of my favourite panels is a woman called Tina Simmons, who's played <laughs> a background artist in a, you know, small roles in a shit ton of movies. Her filmography is insane. And I could have spoken to her for hours. And I'm, I'm Facebook friends with her, and every time she posts, I'm like, oh, my God, she's just worked in all sorts, like The Omen and Superman 4, and her filmography is just absolutely bonkers. You know, come walking down to the hotel one day and Hattie Haveridge is there. And I'm like, <laughs> so we had breakfast with her and it's like, this is just fucking weird. It's like, oh, why no. am I having breakfast with all these people? It's just, yeah. it's so, so many, you know, Fraser, I saw you shared the memory the other day. We both did it because we we're both at that same con. We spoke to the Fonz. I know. <laughs> how, how, I know. how does somebody from Glasgow and somebody from Fife who just, you know, we do what we do, actually have a conversation with the Fonz and Boise? You know, it's just like... Um, Where, whereabouts in Fife were you from originally? Kirkcaldy. Yeah, it's really funny because Siobhan is from Methyl. Right. So that's really close to Kirkcaldy. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. I'm now yep. engaged to someone from Fife. <laughs> <laughs> but do you not find that, Rob? That you just If you sit and think back on it all, you go, how did that happen? And obviously hard mm. work is how it happened. And same with you, Fraser. It's like, obviously don't rule out the hard work that... We've all I done. think I think Rob and I are potentially just mentally ill that we <laughs> decided, or masochistic that we decided to put ourselves through this. <laughs> yeah, I think um, you know, looking back on it, there, there are some you know crazy things. Um, you know, take 
let, let's take John Chalice Boise yeah. uh, from from year one. All right, the, the 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 reason that um, he was at Sci-Fi Wales wasn't because I sat down and made a list and thought, you know what, he was in Doctor Who. I hadn't, I didn't know before <laughs> I booked him that he was in Doctor Who. I um, had the opportunity meeting him at, at Stoke Contrent uh, again. Um, when I was there with a stall for for the very first Sci-Fi Wales, and I thought, oh my God, that's that's Boise. Yeah, I love Only Fools and Horses, and I just thought, you know, now's your t- time. You know, he there was no one there talking to him at that moment, and uh, I just kind of went straight over to him, introduced myself. Um, we had a little chat, uh, explained uh, the event, um, exchanged details, and walked away. And then I thought. What what sci-fi link is there? And, you know, so, <laughs> right, IMDb. Oh, there we go. He was in Doctor Who. Yep, perfect. And it but you know what? Even if he wasn't in Doctor Who, it wouldn't have bothered me because he was uh, an idol of mine. Like I say, I I loved all the classic British comedies, and and Boise is such an iconic character. Um, and uh, you know, he's little bits of indulgence like that which are amazing. Um, you know, Caitlin Blackwood was your first guest, right? That was like number one. Well, the the daft thing is, Sci-Fi Wales kind of um, grew from the idea of uh, an evening with Caitlin Blackwood event. That was what it was supposed to be. It was, um, you know, kind of all focused on Caitlin. It was going to be Doctor Who themed. Um, you know, chatting with Caitlin probably another Doctor Who special guest, uh, and that was it. And then it it seemed to balloon to the point where um, I was being contacted by uh, potential guests saying, oh, can we come along? And then (laughs) I realised, you know what, if, you know, now is the opportunity that if you're going to do it, then then do it big, and and that was it. And then, you know, year one, I think... if you count the guests up, it was, I'm sure it was over 30 guests and, uh, it blew my mind. Yeah. I remember, I remember the room that we were in. It was also with Kate. I think Caitlin was in there. That mm-hmm. other lassie who was in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Josephine who, Gillen clutching her, claimed, clutching her brandy at 10am. Yeah. I remember who that. Who claimed, who claimed that she was Karen Gillen's cousin. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> in, in, in the, in the, in the car that you had, picking them all up in the morning was claiming to be Karen Gillan's cousin and then Caitlin, her actual cousin, was like oh really? I'm a cousin, how are you related? (laughs) And she backtracked so bloody quickly, it was so funny you had Robert Llewellyn, you had Boise, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to go I'm trying to remember who Richard James was there because I remember somebody saying to Richard James is this a real gun? And Richard James was just the most professional ever, and he was just answering this guy's question. Have you got the real one at home? And all this, like, oh my god, I was laughing my head off. So Richard what James was, Boise was there. What uh, was the name of that? What was the name of that Game of Thrones actress? Josephine Gillen. No, no, but wasn't there a contortionist as well? Oh um, no, but it was supposed to be Pixie or not. Yeah. Oh, that um, was a name. That's it. Yeah, but she uh, she pulled out last minute. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. but I'm just trying to remember. Yeah, I remember her. Brian she, Brian Wheeler. Stuart, Stuart and I got inundated on Cops and Monsters Twitter from everyone who wanted to be in Cops and Monsters. <laughs> yep. I don't remember who else was there. Um, but yeah, you had a great amount of guests, and I don't think I ever had time to go into your second hall. 
where all the shooters. I think I saw a Power Rangers cosplay in the there was one guest that I managed to meet on year one, and that was Boise, and I got a couple of signed books from him because I sprinted down just as he was packing them up, and I, man- and I managed to get them. Was who, sorry? Patty from Red Wharf. Um, she, yes, she was. Yeah, uh, yeah. Stephen Wickham. Uh, oh, yeah, Stephen. Yeah. Nick Cotton from uh, East Oh, Enders. yeah, because he was in Star Wars as well. He mm-hmm. was stupidly nice as well. I got, I got on really well with Nick. He, he, I remember him at the end of the panel because I, sh- I always tried to shake the hands because I'm like, why am I not going to shake Boise's hand? And why am I going right. to shake? And uh, John Altman said, thank you so much for that. He said, I was really nervous about doing a panel. I didn't know how it would work, but thank you very much it did. And that was one of the nicest. Other than Boise saying, do you want to be my agent? Which I do have on video, <laughs> so therefore it was legally binding. Legally binding. Uh, no offence to his current, you know, his agent they had. Uh, but yeah, that was, it's just, Stupid memories, isn't it? It's like absolutely amazing. Mind does it not? Feel, does it not feel like like it was just a complete and our like lifetime ago? Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly over the past two years for me, it's like I've I'm not mentally struggled or whatever, but I just feel like I've I lost. I've lost that part of me that goes. I'll speak to so and so. I've done a few video podcasts with filmmakers and stuff, and I am shitting myself beforehand. And I think that's just because of the technology, though. And yeah. it, it sort of makes me go back to the very first panel you got me to do, Fraser, MCON, and I was crapping myself. MCON, where we didn't even have a table, just up, saying. Yeah. <laughs> up to the point when I picked the microphone, you said to me, right, we're on now. Up to the point, and then once I picked the microphone up, I had no choice but to speak. Because <laughs> it's like, I, I do got, not I want... I think you've got some really good photos of us at the side of the stage yeah, where we're supposed to, and I say side yeah. of the stage, it was like some sort of like theatre room. It's like an amphitheatre, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've got all of I was looking at those the other day, actually. I've put them all on my iPad. And so then I start sharing Mark, some. We ended up with Mark Harvey singing, and boy, did he go off the deep end. Oh, oh no. <laughs> he, he went, I, yeah, he went really badly. I'll tell you, I'll, we won't talk about it. He, he yeah. wouldn't be listening. But, uh, yeah, he really badly went off the deep end. And it's a shame, because the, the boy's a talent. Yeah. Like the boy, the boy has such a talent, but he he needs serious help <laughs> in order to get himself balanced. Some medication wouldn't do him any harm. But yes, but for, yeah. for me, it seems like a lifetime ago. Rob, what about yes, you? Same. Yeah, it's it's well, it's hard to remember anyway because you know people would ask me after the event, "How did it go?" You know, and I'd say, "Well, I'm not sure because I didn't see any of it. I was there, <laughs> but I." I never sat down. I was literally walking from room to room. Just is everything all right? Yeah, okay. Anything all right? Do I need? Do you need me for anything? No, okay. Next room. And I was just walking circuits all day long. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. We didn't even get. I didn't. I didn't take any photos. I didn't take any video. I didn't. <laughs> like, I, you just don't have time. I didn't get anything signed. That's why I got Eldo to sign something for me. And Jen and Laura had already sent me stuff before the event. Anywho, anyway, Laura Summer, a.k.a. Janine, uh, who's also in a horror movie called Girls Night Out back in the 80s because she brought copies of it, yeah. bought clothes for my baby. Oh! Mm-hmm. And baby's not getting those. They're going in the memorabilia. Oh, they're going, no, they're, they. going in, they're going to leave it. They're going to leave <laughs> yeah. it. 
I, I did a I did a face to face interview with Pollyanna McIntosh in Manchester a couple of years ago, who I've been Twitter friends with for years, but I'd never actually met her. And she she brought me a bottle of water. She went, "Here you go, brought you a bottle of water." I still have that bottle of water in bottle the other room. Water. I know I'm not drinking it. I've kept it. I've still got a bottle that Billy Murray gave me years ago, uh, ten years of ten years. And I don't drink beer, so I got rid of the beer and I brought the bottle all the way back from London. I've still got that bottle, so that you know, I was fully expected. Baby this clothes. This is the equivalent of three men in a rocking chair in their eighties going, Do you remember the good old days? Oh. <laughs> well, that's what the past two years has done. I mean, obviously you've been up to stuff, Fraser, because eleven weeks will be the delivery of that result. But it's like I don't know, I haven't done much in the past couple of years. My filming well, my- stuff is pretty much dead in the water at the minute. Uh, although not officially, but you know. Yeah, well you've well you've, yeah. you've shot Mimi part one. And two. Right. But so you have you just got to get your finger out and finish it. Well, and, and no, part because, three is where she's uh, ninety-two and in a yeah, isn't it? that's the problem. It's like part one, she was twelve. Part two, she was a few months older than twelve, and part three was written that it was like six months after part two. This so how, is two, how, she's, how old is she now? She's uh, she's fourteen now. She'll be fifteenth, obviously fifteenth, the next birthday. That's what happens after fourteen, isn't it? But she she looks a lot older than she did. So I think yeah. if I do a third part, I will have to totally rewrite it. That's fine because yeah. there's a there's a there's something good about that in the way here comes here comes my filmmaking advice. Yeah. <laughs> like that that is going to be so cathartic for you, and it's going to let you build on what you did for part one and two, yeah. and what you've learned from part one and two. And it's I mean I love nothing more than coming at something and and, and like doing it from scratch. You know, and my favourite example of that is. We spent lockdown writing Origins as a movie, and then it became a TV show. And me, Debbie Moon, James C. Harden, the Cops and Monsters team, spent you know a long time going back and forth working on that pilot script, notes upon notes, draft upon drafts. Sent it to this producer uh, at uh, Five Acts Productions. He came back, forty minute Zoom call with one of the top execs in, in the industry. Told me what he didn't like about it and what he would like to see. And I went back and did a page one <laughs> rewrite and completely started again. And you know what? We've come away with a better version. Yeah. So when you and you will, because yeah. it will get you, it will bite you. <laughs> you you will you will just like Rob's going to do part five and you and you'll do three. a second actor con. No, no, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, see, I'll see you in court for libel. <laughs> but you will you you will when you come back to it, you you'll probably have a much better yeah. kind of grip of it. And um, God, man, I miss being on set, and you you love being on set. Yeah, I miss. I think out of all the stuff I've ever shot and ever done, I miss the Comic Con stuff the most. And I get that. That's your. Yeah, that's, that's your my idea. thing. The publicity side of stuff, I prefer doing a lot more because it's it's kind of easier than going right. Let me just film this person walking down the, the amount of screw ups <laughs> I did doing Mimi One. It was just like right. I'm going to do a single tracking shot from the bedroom right down to the living room, through the kitchen and out the door. I've got it all in my head, so therefore it'll work. It's Best fine. Idea, but and I got all the way down the stairs following her, got into the living room. I'm like, I can see my fucking reflection in the window. <laughs> right. Okay, let's close the curtains. Back upstairs yeah. again. Go on, Lamissa, back upstairs. Right, and we're off again. Brilliant. Down the stairs, through the kitchen, in the living room. There's the closed curtains. There's the glass front door. For fuck's sake, I can see myself again. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, my God. So things like that, just like, Jesus. Yeah, but it's good It's good learning experience. Yeah, it is. Like, yeah. 
But but I mean I've been making shorts and web series and films whatever for what <laughs> forever. Yeah, <laughs> like like fifteen years or whatever. We still make mistakes. Yeah, it's definitely. I always wanted it to be like a bit of a film school to see what everybody else does. So I know, and it is exhausting. <laughs> so I yeah. I do prefer. I think at some point <laughs> there will be an experience in Comic Con Part Two. Um, oh, and however, I'd, and I'd love that. Unlike part one, there will not be a Stan Lee cameo in it. So I always like mm. to think, you know what? The first thing I ever shot has Stan Lee in it. That is not about it. Oliver Stone <laughs> and and a lot of people. You know, Snow Clark's in there as well. But you know, all sorts, all sorts of people in there. Some you can get away with talking about on Twitter. Some, some you can't. Some you really can't. So, but I do miss yeah. all that sort of stuff. I mean, I think we all miss it. Like I missed, it. I miss being at Comic Cons, doing a panel, having a table. You know, the last three years or whatever of Comic Cons has been Ghostbusters related, yeah. and that's been fine. You know, kids and adults come up to us, love what we're doing, or whatever. But by God, I miss like having something creative to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so, here, what year were you born, Fraser? 84. Right. So, you didn't see Ghostbusters on release? I wouldn't have thought. No, and it- I five, five years old, it was my birthday, and they must have rented. Ghostbusters for me on video. So and that's what I for the first time. I saw Ghostbusters two in the cinema though in oh. uh, nineteen eighty nine. So I did see Ghostbusters on its release. So I remember that everybody wearing t shirts with Ghostbuster logos. Ray Parker Jr. video was absolutely everywhere. You could not escape it. <laughs> everywhere. It was very and you go in and go, What am I going to see? And then the library ghost comes out, scares the shit out of you, and you're like, Oh my god, what sort of film is this? And then it's funny and then it's serious and you don't know what sort of movie it is, but you come out and you love it. So when I knew you were coming on here, I'm like, there is one question I want to ask Fraser. Why do you love Ghostbusters? And that's not oh, me saying, why, no, do no, you, no. why do you? You're wrong. I love Ghostbusters. But for me, I love it because I saw it on its release. I didn't know what it was. And then it's just been with me. And it's a big old fun film. You didn't see it on release. So what made you fall in love with it? I think you now when you look back on it, because, you know, not to humble brag, but we've we've been doing quite a lot of press for the Ghostbusters of Glasgow and for Ectocon, more or less. And everyone always says to you, why is it still enduring? Why is there still an appeal? Why? What is it about this movie from the 80s that people still love? Yep. And I and I think it's a combination of the actors. I think they're legendary actors. Yeah. And I think it's the story. I think it's the effects. I think it's the comedy. I think it is legitimately a perfect movie. But I think now, much like Back to the Future, Star Wars, I think it's the nostalgia. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think for me, it's being five, six years old, being at home at weekends or whatever, or after school, and my dad wouldn't be around. It was just me, me my mum, and God love her, she put up with it. I'd watch that movie practically every single day. Bit and like Robin is Ewoks film. movie, I think. Oh yes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And this, this, I think it's just, it's just a comfort nostalgia i mean i still watch it every year my birthday so for me i think it's the nostalgia there's just something comfort about and even to a degree like first session we started doing it like putting on the flight suit putting on the elbow pads putting on the knee pads on your elbows putting the pack (laughs) on putting on the belt that's got the pee holes attached to it you know doing all the bits and just taking that gun out, you know, off the holster, switching it on, hearing the hearing it power up. There's just something so cool about that. And that and Rob, think, and that Rob is you've just heard the story of the conception of Fraser's up and coming child. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm glad my fiance. <laughs> so be like, you're never doing a panel with him again. He doesn't shut up. Yes, it's fine. But yeah, because it's it's. I mean, like we were Top Gun today. I think it's somebody. I don't know. The nostalgia is a huge, powerful thing. I watched the Never Ending Story last month because Rob and I decided this month we're just going to watch like lots of you know a, a whole bunch of nostalgia movies that we haven't seen for ages. So anything pre two thousand, and I watched the Never Ending Story again. It just that is still. That probably gives me the feeling you do when you watch Ghostbusters. You like, yeah. It is taking me right back to the first time I saw it, and it is, I would put that up against anything that's out nowadays, other than obviously Top Gun Maverick, which is Top Gun Maverick, absolutely yeah. amazing. But uh, so, Rob, yeah, let's mm-hmm. let's go for your Ghostbusters story. Why do you love Ghostbusters? And don't just copy uh, Fraser's answer because he's already given it. It's also fifteen minutes long. It is. <laughs> it's it's strange, Ghostbusters. Um, I I got to see it at an age where, um, as as well as having the comedic kind of um, sections to it, it also it had that fear factor because I was young, um, and um, I grew up with uh, a stepdad uh, who loved going and watching uh, watching the local speedway. Um, so at the weekend on a Saturday, we'd, we'd be off, um, probably, I don't know, five, six o'clock at night, uh, to, to the local kind of speedway racetrack. And we'd sit and watch the dirt bikes go around the dirt track. Um, and then we'd come home and when we came home, it was in the dark. And this is the day way before, um, you know, seatbelts were seen as something mandatory and you had to have on all the time um and on the way back my mum would sit in the back of the car with me and i'd be tired so i'd lie down across the back seat with my head on a lap and you know he you know my stepdad would have kind of 80s music blaring and quite often i'd look out of the car window kind of up at the stars and, and the, the bright lights around in, in this darkness and imagine the marshmallow man chasing me home. Don't know why. Um, but it was just something I did and, you know, little things like that stick with you. Um, you know, so, and, and the marshmallow man has become one of my kind of all time favorite, um, kind of monsters, uh, over the years. And that's why, even though it, you know, the the whole idea of well they didn't need to be an afterlife and actually they were a figment of one person's imagination so it didn't quite make sense i was happy they were there <laughs> yeah you know these little baby stay puff marshmallow mans because you know that you know stuck with me as a kid and was something that kind of really imprinted itself on me so for me it was like kind of this um kind of affection and um slash um kind of wariness of, of the marshmallow man see i i am one of those people that think why were the marsh- marshmallow men in afterlife that doesn't quite make any sense but mm. i don't let that transition to that film sucks no it's terrible it's just like oh that's odd and then i move on and just glory uh, you know watch the rest of the glorious stuff. oh it's so funny because like i hadn't thought about it until you just said it rob like mm-hmm. stay puffed is there because ray thinks about it right yeah but in but in the in afterlife it's not like Paul Rudd's character thinks nope. about it. 
No, <laughs> like, there's not. There's not. A, there's not. There's not. E- even when Goza re-arrives, there's not a choose the form of your destructor. She's like, yeah, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? There's no. There's no time. There's no time for that. Like, she's learned her lesson, right? <laughs> and yeah, I didn't even think about it. I was just so. It was just Paul Rudd's reaction to the the mini puffs. But mm-hmm. for me, it just brought back nostalgia of Gremlins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I, and I, and I, that's what I was. It was like little more. It was a little more wise causing havoc, and <laughs> and I was so caught up in the stupidness of that that I didn't even think because by the time you get to think about it, then you've got the terror dog, yeah, and it looked amazing, you know, as like this practical terror dog, and uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that because you don't. Why question no, it? You exactly. Don't. Yeah, I think that especially like Twitter and Facebook and stuff, they get so hung up on little details and go, right, now let's yeah, turn this into a campaign. People no. with a keyboard. We know, going back to Mr. What's-His-Face who used to go after cops and monsters, yeah. it's people, I swear it was Mr. Something. It it's was. coming back to me yeah. slowly. It was something was, like Mr. Shelby, but it wasn't yeah, Shelby. Was, it was something was like that. He glasses and he claimed he had a husband. Yeah. All that, it doesn't matter. He but, had a shit personality, that's what he had. But yeah, it's just fine. <laughs> Everyone can have your opinion. Yep. Like the Doctor Who community has been on fire for the last two weeks ever since they announced the new Doctor yep. and the new companion's a trans actress. Well, we don't even know she's the new companion. We just know that she's in it right now. And the fact, like people just, oh, they just anything for a fight and for attention. Yep. It's just not worth. Like I think I've come to this great realization. You know how you know how much. The trolls and cops and monsters used to affect me, right? You were there. Yeah, yeah. You were in the room. You know how much that used to affect me. See, now I could care less. Yeah. <laughs> there's a nice <laughs> tranquility there's, about getting a bit older. There's two, wor- there's go, two oh, words that deal with that. You just go, fuck them. <laughs> or log off. <laughs> log off. That's another two words. So there's technically two. Yeah, you choose which set you wish. Either log off or fuck them. That's just, if you don't feed, if you don't give them oxygen, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, people, people. <laughs> and it's I th- like, I, think- I know it was one of you guys that made, I think it was you, Rob, who said, oh, do we really need an afterlife? We don't need any films. We don't need any, we're not entitled to any other film. And if you don't want to watch it, guess what? Don't You're not like, it. oh, shit, there's nothing to watch at all because this year Top Gun Maverick's out. Oh, no, I'll have to wait till next year for another movie. Just watch something else. We didn't need the Snyder Cut, I'm just saying. Oh, I, love, I absolutely love the Snyder Cut. It's amazing. And this conversation is over. Did you not like it? Do you not like it? No. Self-indulgent piece of nonsense. Oh, it's better than the Whedon yeah. Cut, though. But obviously, I don't, yeah, but yeah, yeah, know, no, but I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that's in defence. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's, like, it's not as shit as the other one. Give but me, no, but give I, me, I love me, the Snyder Cut. Give me, give me Shazam 2. Give yeah. me... What else have they got coming out that looks quite good? Get, oh, I was excited about The Flash, but I don't like Ezra Miller. I don't and think anybody was, likes Ezra Miller other yeah, than his bail bondsman. Yeah, but it, was before, but it was before he started threatening people in Hawaii. Throwing I, chairs I, at them and stuff. The, yeah. There was something, yeah, it went into, like, a, allegedly, yeah. went, in, went into a couple's bedroom and like stole the passport and threatened to kill them. Like, I mean, anyway, who's who's not done that? I mean, we're all well. Yeah, I no. do remember. I do remember our London days. But <laughs> oh, stealing the kettle. Yeah, I remember oh, that. Oh no, man, that was oh man, that was awful. I think I sent it back to them. Did you it know this a, story, Rob? No. Right. Okay. Right. Do, Embarrass- do, yeah. Embarrass- embarrassing story time. We were at MCM <laughs> three day event. There was about six of us came up from Scotland, two separate cars, 
Or I think we came. I think me, Ian, and Amanda came up on a bus, um, and it was me and the and the camera person, the DOP at the time. We were sharing a hotel room, mm-hmm. and like it, it was a weird setup in the room anyway. And for some reason, I thought she left early. To go, oh no, she left the night before to stay with the editor because they wanted a wild night out in London and I wanted to go home. So I, for some, I don't even know how, but for some reason she had brought the kettle from the kitchen into the room. Don't know why she did it. Mm-hmm. I assume she wanted a cup of tea the, the night before or whatever. And uh, in the morning I was packing everything up. It was frantic. It was like anywhere in London it's four trains to get back to where you actually want to go. Mm-hmm. And the trains were off on some lines that day because it was a Sunday and it was a whole thing. This is why I love Glasgow. One subway goes round in a circle, guaranteed not to get lost. <laughs> but London, a bit more confusing. But for some reason I was convinced that was Julie's kettle that she apparently brought a travel kettle from home. Not entirely impl- implausible in my brain. So I packed the kettle. No, no, it was the hotel's kettle. Because <laughs> I remember we were all at like the, the bus station the bus or something, station. and somebody went off, off, yeah, I think it's probably you, went off, packed the kettle, and they're like, what kettle? And we're like, oh my God, you've stolen the hotel's kettle. And then you had to catch the bus up to Glasgow. And how many hours? Annette and I were talking about it earlier today because she saw a bus and she was laughing. She's like, that's like the one Fraser got. And we're like, I wonder <laughs> how long that took. I can't. I can't even remember that much of it. Do you know what I mean? It was. I remember. I remember the event. I remember meeting the phones. I remember our panel. Yeah. But it was eight years ago. Like it, so much has changed. Oh, We've survived the pandemic. Like it's just. It's absolutely bonkers to think everything we went through was just. Like, it was just so off the hoof. Like yeah. everything was just mental. Like we were just winging a lot of it, and. Yeah, it was just it was just crazy what we all went through. I was and winging all... all of it. You said a lot of it. I was winging every single part really and got away with it all. So <laughs> you know, you know, you know what was possibly like one of the biggest highlights of MCM, and it's a shame that they never carried it forward. Is that they had all the creators? So we had the cops and monsters guys. We had the we had the cheeseman production guys next to us we had the predator guys predator to dark ages yeah uh, along from us and we had the other other creators and there wasn't screens there wasn't walls there wasn't anything like that we were all in like a block yeah a square block of tables and we all shared everything we all shared water power electricity batteries phone chargers and we all got together and we all chatted and it was this really cool for like three days it was what filmmaking and TV should have been. Yeah, like it was just everybody collaborating, everybody saying the same stuff, everyone being really supportive. And I'm still friends with the Cheeseman guys. I'm still friends like, with the Predator Dark Ages guys. Yeah, yeah. So like it, like that was absolutely something MCM should have kept up. And then we did MCM London 2017, maybe 2018, and like we were right back to walls and like things oh. like things being put up between us, and it just completely takes away that sense of community it does and yeah. i think i think traders as a whole should all be next to each other because we're all they're all in the same boat do you know yeah. what i mean although some traders are worse than others and i won't get into that right now <laughs> but it's just yeah it's just it should absolutely just be a community i think that's the whole point of the comic-con scene it should be community I think that's what I've lost over the past couple of years. Obviously, I'm able to do podcasts and stuff because you know because we're doing them, and I've never stopped. But is that uh, ability to be in a room with lots of people and feel like I want to talk to them? 
you know, a lot of it nowadays is like, ugh. I was on a bus today with people and I'm like, get these people away from me. <laughs> or, <laughs> or in a cinema and I'm like, I hope nobody else comes into this screening. So it's because they're all to myself. And, they're you know, disease carrying. They leaking. are all plague ridden <laughs> zombies. Yeah. <laughs> Would you, so you get so tomorrow morning you wake up you get an email from a local Comic Con not Sci Fi Wales give it give it a year uh, and they say Stu we've seen some stuff online we love what you do come be a panel host oh, I'm in hundred percent I'm in but I would be so much more nervous than previously but I suppose that's yeah, because I've not done one since twenty eighteen so you would you would warm back up though yeah I would do. And yeah. like you know, if we if we get lucky and Origins gets picked up, or the animated series gets picked up, yeah. and we there will be a marketing budget because I'm not paying. <laughs> there will be a marketing budget, and we will go. Like, I'm a hundred percent going to give you a call and go right. Come on, you're going to be the panel host. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be there for EctoCon year two as well in three years. Yeah, I'll be there. Speak, <laughs> sure, speak to speak to. Ecto Crank, you'll find him on Instagram. Yeah. He is a, he's official. There's a statement coming soon. Yeah. Once the admin for this one's all wrapped, once the trades hall pays our compensation that we're quite rightly owed, and the admin is all settled, and we get the final total up for the charity. Uh, Ed will be making a statement with his plans for Ecto events. Yeah, is what he's planning on doing. And yeah, by all means, speak to Ed. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it right here, folks. EctoCon is coming is back. coming back, just like <laughs> Ghostbusters <laughs> 2. There yes, will be a haunted uh, painting in it and everything. Fraser, yeah. Fraser will not be involved, and uh, no one said. I did. I did. I was speaking to Ed about it yesterday, and I and uh, and we, you know, we we went into it together, and, and we both agree that I'm not moving forward with it, and that's we're both happy with that. But he, someone from Nevada messaged him and he said, yeah. or Arizona, maybe Arizona, and they're like, would you come out to America and do an EctoCon? Oh, Not like they didn't have a Ghostbusters fan fest a few years ago in Sony. Yeah. And uh, Ed was like, well, let me, you know, let's let's try and do a few more here and then we'll maybe, because Ghost Core were aware that we were doing EctoCon but couldn't officially endorse us. They couldn't get behind it. They they basically allowed it to happen, right? Yeah. And that because at any moment they could have shut us down, yeah. right? But we went for profit, so it's not like they, so. I think we got away with it for that. But um, I said to Ed, I went right, okay. If you do one in America, I might dip my toe back in. And the reason I might dip my toe back in is that it's another challenge. Yeah, where I feel like if I, where if I did Ectocon twenty twenty four. Ectocon to or whatever, it would just be much of the same. The money, like Rob, you know that the money pop won't get bigger. The, you'll still be fighting for the guests that you want, and it will probably still be the same tier guests. And if it's the same tier guests, then what are you offering people who didn't support you the first time round? To yeah. you know, what are you offering the new people? The new because it's the new ticket holders you need, right? Mm-hmm. What have you got to offer them? If you're just doing the exact, you know, do you know what I mean? I can't invite the same Ghostbuster guests over again. It would need to be bigger, and that and that was that would be the only way I would maybe even slightly consider it for two minutes, as if it was in America, and it would have to be when my child was not was of appropriate age that I could go do that. So your child could like drive you to the event, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I need to be six yeah, yeah. fat. <laughs> so what you heard there, Rob, is we're we're chipping away at him because he started off by going, no, never, not going to happen. It's like, well, the only reason I do it is, yeah, it's, but it's all about it's, it's all about challenges, right? Yeah, it's all of about it is. it's all about doing something different. Like, 
How many short films have I done in my life? Six or seven. Will I do a short film again? Probably not. No. Will I do another web series? No. I've done two. There's nowhere else for it to go. So, And would I do another feature film again? No, because I did it and I went as far as good with it. It's all about what is the next, what's the next stage up. Because I can't imagine just repeat. Rinse. I'm not. I admire people who can rinse and repeat. I can't do it. I I need the next thing. So what's your next thing, Rob? So we know what phrases is other than obviously going to America and doing Ghostbusters too. Um, <laughs> good question. Good I question. I, I thought it was. Um, I've done this a few times. He's a good. Um, he's a good podcast. I'm all right. I, I am thinking about going back. Um, and and doing the evening with yeah. not necessarily Caitlin, but a bit like me or Fraser. Yeah, an evening <laughs> with Fraser. Yeah, and even an evening with me and Stuart. I mean, yeah. To be fair, I'm really cheap. You could have me for the whole night for thirty quid. It's fine. I'm not tra- travel and hotel for me. Yeah, but same. like uh, the ten tickets you would sell for a show with Stuart and I, man, that would be ten happy people. It would. <laughs> 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 I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, yeah, I think the evening. I think an evening of would be a really good idea because it's a smaller scale in a sense, yeah. and it's more laser focused. And you don't have to keep constantly looking for um, kind of more guests for an uh, for an announcement. You know what I mean? If it's yeah. an evening with Caitlin, as long as you've got Caitlin going, you're set, and you can concentrate on actually what is going to go on at the event. You know, uh, would you would you would you bring Caitlin back? I'd be happy to work with uh, Caitlin again, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because, um, you know, I still do her official website. Oh, nice. Um, so, so there's the link there, but um, I've not, I've not spoken to Caitlin in what feels like a lot, like a lifetime. I last spoke to her in 2015 while she was on stage. <laughs> and even oh, then, even that? even then, it was a bit awkward because I'm like, you're about, you know, you're, you're, a, child, you're a child. You're 14. <laughs> what can I ask you? I don't know. I don't. Know what's appropriate or not? I don't know. I ain't got a clue anymore. Um. Yeah. It's uh, it's anybody really. You know, um, would would make a good guest as long as they can, um, you know, draw in some ticket sales. Um, you know, and as long as they they're attached to a franchise that, um, again has got a good fan base so you know doctor who's always going to be a good choice Absolutely. Um, so you know it, it's one of those few things that we can say you know the uk has doctor who um so we have access pretty much to all of the stars of doctor who whereas um like you were talking about with with ghostbusters if you wanted to go bigger and better you've got to go over to the states because that's yeah. where you get the actors yeah, like we 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 did price up Dan Aykroyd, mm-hmm. and his agent was like, "If he's interested, and he won't be, it's one hundred and fifty thousand dollars." Wow! Right, <laughs> and and we were we were close-ish. I say close. We weren't close in the slightest, but we spoke to Ernie's agent, and it was seventy thousand. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And we didn't even bother going after any of the people from. Uh, there wasn't an afterlife at the time when we were doing this. Like it was just announced, but it was years away. Uh, but we didn't even attempt to go after anyone who was in answer the call. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think what's good about doing a UK thing is that yeah, it's going to be so much more affordable. 
Mm-hmm. Out of Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson, I would rather sit down with Ernie Hudson first. So would I. And I've nothing yeah. against Dan Aykroyd, but it's like Ernie Hudson's filmography to me. I just sit down and chat about Ghostbusters, about Oz, which is Blues just Brothers. one of my favorite. <laughs> yeah, Blues Brothers, all sorts. I would just sit and, and chat to Ernie Hudson. And then obviously have like an extra 80 grand in my pocket, <laughs> which would be yeah. amazing. Wouldn't that be lovely? But no, I think a nightlife would be good. And you've got such a wealth of Doctor Who talent and i think with Britbox showing like having the classic series yeah. i think you know i think it's opened that up to a whole new you know room of people yeah. who, who who were i mean diehard david Tennant fans and then they're going back and you know they're all they all love patrick Troughton and they all love john pertie yeah. so i think absolutely yeah and there's so many people you could get sylvester mccoy and get get <laughs> here's what i would pay for sophie aldred and sylvester mccoy yeah a night with them two yeah. would be amazing Mm-hmm. Sophie's awesome. I, I think Sophie I've met her is. twice over the years. Once at yeah, one of the Sci Fi Wales. Yeah, you yeah. Sophie. Yeah, you two, you had Sophie? Um, it's either two or three, wasn't it? It was I the year I tried three. to. Because I had an argument with a Dalek in the QA panel. I tried to throw it out of the room because it just crashed <laughs> it and was threatening to shoot her, <laughs> weren't it? Didn't even know who. I thought Rob was in the Dalek. It wasn't it was somebody else. I'm like, get out <laughs> in front of. Yeah, whole fun and games. <laughs> Uh, so, so here's yeah. one for you, Fraser. So you, so you're doing this uh, alleged Ghostbusters Ectocon two. Who oh, would you three right fuck three get three guests that you can have? And Rob, if you're doing a next either an evening with or mm-hmm. something, you can pick three guests, and I will pick three people as well. I'd just love to sit down and chat to you for an hour and a half. So, I, Ivan Wright, Ivan Reitman, Paro Dramas. Who else, who else we this, I may have found a flaw with your first two choices, but <laughs> no, no, this, this is how I see myself off from doing this. Right. Uh, no, Ernie Hudson, definitely. Yeah. Um, Annie Potts. Yes. Yeah. And Peter McNichol. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good choice. Yep. Rob, who have you got for your three? And have you gone evening with, or are you having them all at one event? Uh, they're all at one event, but it is an evening with and the event is an evening with uhura so we've got nichelle nichols we've got zoe saldana and we've got thalia rose gooding who's uh our new, our in, new uhura, yeah yeah strange new worlds see i've got two but i'm trying to think of my third one but because i've done a lot of mine i've I, you know i've done so many sort of covered film festivals since we did the sci-fi whales thing uh, I, I've met Abel Ferrara. I've hung out with Sean Pertwee. It's like fucking insane. My <laughs> life is just the weirdest thing ever. So those two would normally be on my list. But I really want to uh, sit down and chat with Michael Ironside. Oh, 100%. Who's just... And I... Right, you know, this is what blows my mind, right? There's a filmmaker called Paul Hyatt who's who's done a whole bunch of films, did Howley, did The Season House. He's got a very good uh, effects background. He's done stuff like Dog Soldiers and... The, a lot of the stuff with Neil Marshall. So he shot a film with Michael Ironside in Wales, I believe, a few years ago. And I did the press release for Michael Ironside being cast. I'm like, Look, lucky, lucky bastard. Oh my God, he's going to be working Michael Ironside. <laughs> so I didn't think, you know, I didn't go, hey, Paul, let me show up because I didn't really know him that well at the time. So I was chatting on Facebook the other, probably like a month or so ago with Paul. And We'd, we'd mentioned some sort of acting thing and Michael Ironside came into the mix and then Paul commented on my post and then he's like, oh, 
such a nice guy. And like, I know, I remember remember when you were casting him in your, your film <laughs> Heretics, I was so jealous. He went, oh, you should have come down for a set visit. Oh. And I'm like, Paul, don't say that to me now because oh. I can't do it now. He said, tell you what, if I work with them again, you can come down. I went, that is legally binding. But I knew <laughs> as soon as I typed there, I was so jealous. I'm like, please don't come back with, you could have come down. Because <laughs> it's like, there is nothing I can do about that at this moment in time. But the, oh, the, the other person who I really want to sit down and chat to at some point is Sarah Douglas. From Superman. Yeah, yeah. Have you not met Sarah Douglas? I've not met. I saw her once, right before I knew her. So we know each other virtually. Um, so we know each other quite well, sort of Twitter and Facebook, and you know, I could message her and she'll reply. And she's because she's amazing. Yeah, she's wonderful. You, yeah, but I, I thought saw, you guys were quite tight. Yeah, yeah. But I'd seen her like ten years before at the event. I think one of the uh, I can't even remember one of the memorabilia events or something. And I saw her from a distance. I'm like, oh my God, that's Sarah Douglas. And I took a bunch of pictures of her, just sit there chatting. And I didn't have the guts to go up and speak to her because I was so nervous. <laughs> and yet, you know, I have a Christmas card from her. I've got a signed Conan poster behind me that she just she just sent me. She went, please have one of these. I'm like, oh my God. But I was too chicken to actually go up and and sort of speak to her. So she's somebody I'd like to meet because I've never met her. Uh, Pollyanna McIntosh would have been on that list, but I, I finally got to sit down and meet Polly. Her first words were, oh, my God, we're finally meeting. And I'm like, you know who I am. You've remembered me. I am very happy. And I was Tom Cruise. I, this week I've decided, right, I want to sit down with Tom Cruise because he just looks like he fucking loves what he does. And I think that's amazingly cool. So that that anybody else on your list of fifty, Stuart? No, not really. They just keep they just keep remember, coming. Remember, remember when he said three? No, I, I would probably put Oliver Stone on my list, but to be honest, he intimidates me so much. I really wouldn't know. I I can't match up to his intellect. So I would just, you know, I I would if I sat down with Oliver Stone, I wouldn't mention politics or history. I'd be like, let's talk about the films. Nobody ever talks about them. They're always on about, oh, what do you think about the war and such and such? And let's talk about the JFK assassination, which he's massively knowledgeable about. But I want to talk about like the making of natural born killers and you know platoon and and stuff like that. But nobody ever asks him about that, which is a damn shame. I remember when I was in LA for the American film market back in 2011, right? Yeah, way back when. And we went into Beverly Hills for the day, and Stan Lee walked oh. past me. <laughs> and cool, for the it? first time in my life, I couldn't speak. Yeah, and I was unable to say anything to him. <laughs> to the day it breaks my heart, I didn't speak to Stan Lee because Spider Man's my boy, right? Yeah. Uh, any there was no way, no way home was a film that got me welling up, right? Yeah. And um for many reasons. And um apparently I put it I put it up on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it was afterwards saying, Oh, I can't believe that's been standing somewhere. Yeah, you wouldn't have understood you because you were Scottish anyway. Yeah, I, I've, <laughs> okay, cool. no, I've heard know? that. I, I've heard that about him that he struggles yeah. with accents. Yeah. Accents, yeah. So yeah, that was yeah. Add him to my list of four. I remember San Diego <laughs> Comic Con, I wanted to do this single shot round the entire trade hall and right. I was going to speed it up into a one so I'd yep. make it like 15 seconds long. I thought, right, I'm going to do it. And it took me like an hour to get around this thing. And at one point, I hit this crowd and I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? So I raised the camera up, tilted it to see what was going on and about three feet away from me was Stan Lee. And I'm like, holy shit, 
Stand I think remember that. Is that not in your documentary? It is in the documentary. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, what's going on? And the only way I could find out was to just put the camera up in there until the you up. find him like, oh my God, it's Stan Lee. Mind-blowing. The, le- the legend that is Stan Lee. You know, apparently he signed a deal with Marvel and they can pretty much use his likeness forever and ever and ever. Yes. So it would not surprise me if there's a CGI deep, like deep fake. No, they've that. That's it's part of the contract. They're not allowed to do that. They're okay, not. Good. They're not allowed to CGI recreate him. Good. But obviously, they could put like his picture in a newspaper, or yeah. or you know, the shop will be called Lee's, or or something like that. So they can use that type of thing. But no, people were very worried that we're going to get like an avatar Stan Lee running around. But apparently, every, that's yeah, not because they were like, oh, replace him with Betty White. That can't happen. No. And then they were like, replace him with um, Deadpool. And I don't think, I I just think they just shouldn't do it. No. Like, just out of respect, don't don't have a cameo. Mm. It, was a, it was a Stan Lee cameo. It was. That was the thing. Leave it. <laughs> just, like, leave it at that. But, oh, Marvel's going to do what they want to do anyway. Uh, the, it was nice to see that Top Gun was dedicated to Tony Scott as well, which is not a spoiler. It's an end credit title thing. It was That that made me well up a little bit. You you know more than I do, and don't tell me. Yeah. I want to see how Val Kilmer fits into it. Okay. Because at, at the moment, I saw his name is mentioned. Because right. I know that they, they bring back Pete Maverick for the, you know, at the request of Iceman. And I know there's a picture of Iceman at some point in the movie. Okay. Uh, and I just, because I really want to watch his documentary that he did. Oh, it's amazing. It's heartbreaking, though. There's two, docu- there's two documentaries you need to watch that will break your heart. And they're both called Val, sort of. Okay. One, one is about Val Kilmer, called Val. The other one is called Valerie, and it's about Valerie Perrine, who was in Superman Two. That okay. it, that or oh, Superman One and Two that broke my heart. And again, okay. I'm now Twitter friends with Valerie, and we chat now and again. And it's like, how the fuck are my friends with Mister Mr. Tashmacher? This makes no sense. My life is weird. Oh, but those two documentaries, they yeah, they 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 get to you, but they're very okay. very good. So check it, those out. It shall it shall be done. But you know, I'm really curious to see how they because obviously he's not. Like it would be nice for him to be in it, but the the guy's ru- ruined. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, God love him. He's just, he can't talk anymore, can he? So yeah, but so, yeah, no, I I gotta tell you either way. So no, I <laughs> hope I hope to take my good lady to go see on Saturday. Yeah, um, because the last film we went to see, I think, was Doctor Strange, okay. and, and the Multiverse Madness, and I loved it because it was pure Sam Raimi. Yeah, it was it was the cleverest thing they could have done was hand that to Sam Raimi. It just felt like it just felt like all the hits. <laughs> it yeah. felt like all the Sam Raimi hits. So fi- final story before I let you guys go for the evening. Okay. Tell me and Rob about the time you met Ivan Reitman. Okay, so it was at the London premiere of Ghostbusters Afterlife back in November. I think it was. And um, basically, like we didn't, <laughs> Ghostbusters was being screened left, right, and center. The new movie at like the, an Italian film festival, a Spanish film festival. They did it at New York Comic Con. Like it was, we we all stayed up late to watch this New York Comic Con panel because it was free and it was like the cast and Jason. And then they're talking about it for like twenty minutes, and then they're like, "Well, we think you've waited long enough, so we're going to show you the film." And we were weeks away from getting to see this film, and obviously they cut the feed before they started showing oh. the film. So we were all absolutely up in arms about it. And um, I, 
I, I, you know me, I'm quite resourceful. So I was emailing everybody and anybody that I could try and get hold of to see if they were doing something in, uh, in, in the UK. And I said, and I was like, look, we do a lot of work for charity. We're working with this charity. Could we get some sort of screening early done for the kids at the Glasgow Children's Hospital charity to raise money for them? We'll put on the flight suits. We'll meet and greet everybody, and we'll raise some money. And the eventually I got hold of like the UK rep for Sony and she was like well look we can't do that but we are having like a press screening of the movie at like 10 o'clock in the morning uh, on like a Monday and I can give you like four passes and I was like cool I need six who <laughs> 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 was really like okay I can give you six and I was like well actually I need seven she goes right fine I can give you seven so that was all great and I said is there any sort of premiere or anything that we're, like, we're not aware of and she goes yeah we're doing one in London in two weeks and I can give you six passes um, there'll be a few surprises and we're like okay so we did like a raffle <laughs> within the group of like 20 people to see who got to go and we drove, we left here uh, Glasgow at five in the morning drove all the way down to London got there for like four in the afternoon met some other Ghostbusters from the UK the Ecto-1 was there. Wow. It was the first time we got to see the Ecto-1. So we were all posing for photos and every, it was like at Cineworld, uh, like in the, in the centre of London, uh, next to the Odeon, like where all the premiers take place. And um, then, lo and behold, we all get in there. They had to split it into two separate screenings because there were so many people there. So we were on one screening and out comes Jason and Ivan. Uh, to do a bit before the movie and it was just absolutely astonishing and then the movie sits, takes place and we can just see Jason and Ivan watching the movie with us Nice. <laughs> and as Ghostbuster fans as filmmaking yeah. fans as a filmmaker to see Ivan Reitman watching Ghostbusters with you doesn't really that, get any better than that does it, it, no. it, it and I, I think Ivan was unwell for a while and I think they just didn't say anything about it. And I've been, I know, and my hunch comes from when they were talking about it back at FanFest in 2018, and Ivan and Jason were talking about Ghostbusters, and Ivan was visibly upset, and he like he cried at one point about passing the torch to his son. So I think then they knew he yeah. wasn't well, and it's never been officially announced what the cause of of his death was, right? Yeah. So I think I think he's I think they've known for a while. But then at the at the end of it, obviously they were swarmed with people, and we we didn't get to talk for diving for long because he was there. He thanked everybody, and then he got put in a car and went home. <laughs> but for like five minutes, we were all in the lobby uh, with him, and then we got to meet Jason, and we spoke to Jason, and he was such a lovely man. We handed him some Ghostbusters of Glasgow mugs that had nice. stay like, puffed on it with an iron brew bottle <laughs> that, we had, that we had designed. Uh, you know, stay puffed with a you know a, a, a tea cake, you know that sort of thing. And uh, we spoke to Jason, and Jason signed our franchise certificate that they stopped doing in 2016, oh, where nice. you could get a certificate sent out of your. Ghostbusters franchise on it and he was more than happy he was so smiling and oh my god I can't believe you guys have this and it was like our certificate and we're like look 
doesn't mean the world tells him he can sign it. And so he signed it for Richard. Yeah. So we've got Jason Raymond's signature nice. on our franchise. And he's just such a... He's so Canadian. He's so lovely. His dad was so lovely. And it's a loss. It's a genuine yeah. loss. He was... Like, I think... You know, I'm pretty sure they were making twins too. I think that was yeah. happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger... And Danny DeVito, and I can't. I think for a it, while it was going to be Eddie Murphy. It was going to be Eddie for a while, and then I, I, then I can't remember who it is. Like, but they I swapped him out with someone else, didn't they? Yeah, can't remember who it was. But who knows if that's going to happen? What yeah. we do know is that they're going to do another Ghostbusters film because yeah. it did well enough, um, especially in the pandemic um, climate. So no, it was it, honestly even take away the Ghostbusters aspect of it, like just to meet two filmmaking legends. Yeah, and just to spend five minutes with them, you know that. Like you've done all, you've done all that. Yeah, yeah. It's it just... it's those sort of thoughts, and Rob, you'll have them as well. You know, you know, me and Rob have day job or mine's a night job that we don't like. I think it's safe to say, isn't it, Rob? We're not a huge <laughs> fan of our job because it's kind no. of mind numbing. We like the fact we get a little bit of money for it. That's cool. I appreciate that part, but nothing even comes close to some of the other stuff that we've done, and. You're you're in that world as well, obviously, aren't you, Fraser? Where you're like, oh my god, I've met Jason Reitman and Ivan Reitman. So on your darkest days, you just sit <laughs> back and go, I had a conversation with those guys, and that'll lift you up. But even like, but like even meeting Henry Winkler, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Being in the green room and and, and meeting Shane Ritchie, <laughs> do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> like you know all that stuff. Like that's that's never going to leave you. No, like your friendship with Sarah Douglas is never going to leave you. No, not your relationship with Caitlin Blackwood and her family will never leave you. So, like, we'll always, oh, God, we are just old men sitting on rocking chairs. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but wait, somebody, somebody out there is listening to that going, well, I'm going to start doing shit like that. And I think as cool as these people that we've met are, they're, they're people. They're people. They're people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, so reach out to them. Don't stalk them, for Christ's sake, because that's like a whole different matter. I've never stalked yeah. anybody that I can remember. Well, not that, that we can talk about legally. That I know of. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's just just geek the hell out and just do crazy shit and whatnot. Don't don't be horrible to people online. If you don't like the film, don't worry about it. Move on and watch another one. Yeah, so, don't don't attack cast no. and creatives on Twitter if you don't like something that they've done. No. It's not it's not cool, bro. Don't do it. It's not. Just watch another film. Watch your favourite movies and stuff like that. So, but it's been an absolute blast catching up with you again, Fraser. It's been way too long. It has. So we're doing this again this time next week? Well, pretty much. My, <laughs> my night shifts are weird, so it's like sometimes we record on Wednesdays, sometimes we record on Sundays, so it tends to alternate. But I can keep you updated well, if you want to jump on again. If you, ha- if you have me back and I'm available, and I'm not saying that, to be like, well, I'll have to check my busy schedule. So let me check with my assistant. Let me yeah. check with my assistant. <laughs> yeah. Um, I miss doing podcasts, and I said that to Siobhan the other day. I said, I was like, because well, obviously it was supposed to happen last week, and then we had baby things. Yep. But um, I said to Siobhan, I said, I'm doing this podcast, and I really miss doing podcasts. <laughs> like, last week was funny. Rob wouldn't let me call last week, last the episode, what I wanted to call it. And I started off the podcast, <laughs> and bearing in mind, you know, my sense of humor, I'm like, Fraser was supposed to be on. 
but he's not here, so he's fucked it up. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. And I wanted to call the episode Fuck Fraser, but Rob's like, I don't think you can get away with that. <laughs> so I'm like, so I called it something else. I can't remember what That's I called it. That's fine. Just be you know. incredibly sensitive <laughs> to uh, my, my unborn yeah. child. That's yes. cool. I'm like, how dare he put a human life the, against the, the, this podcast? I'm here, I'm here now, man. Is, exactly. We've run over it. time, which is fine. Rob's like, I've got sleep to go to. I've got sleep. Have we? We normally do it. We normally no. do two and a half hours. We started doing like it was about ninety <laughs> minutes, Rob. Yeah. And then you know, we've we've we for the you know, this is our bit for charity. We're letting Fraser socialise with other people, so it's quite. <laughs> It's quite nice. But no, we shall definitely do this again. I'll keep you updated when we're recording and stuff. No, and, cool. Uh, no, I'll keep you posted of any if any show progresses to a point yes. where we're at conventions. Then um, we'll, we'll talk about it. Or even just come around talking shite. I think it's just really good for the soul. Of course it's, oh, yeah. it's therapy. That's what's kept me in. Well, it's what's kept <laughs> me going over the past two years, Rob. I don't know if you find our conversations. No, I, I live this podcast. Yeah. I, I live for podcasts, but let me know what you think of Top Gun as well, Fraser. Yes, when you watch hopefully it. I'll go so, see it on Saturday. They're all going well. Everybody, uh, go watch Top Gun, Maverick. It's freaking awesome. One question before you go about Top Gun. Yeah, is the soundtrack as good as the original? Oh, right, non-spoilery. Right, the opening bar of the the very, very, very beginning of the movie is dong. And nice. I'm like, holy shit. And that's when my adrenaline and everything was like, this is going to hammer me, this film. Dong. I'm like, oh, I'm in. I'm in. So as soon as you hear that opening bar. Um, yeah. Well, the music is by, obviously, we've got the, the end track by Lady Gaga, which is, right. I really love that track. It's fucking awesome. Um, Hans Zimmer. You cannot go wrong with a Hans Zimmer score. Can't go wrong with Hans Zimmer. So the music yeah. is by the music by credit is Harold Faltermeyer, Lady Gaga, and Hans Zimmer. And you're like, <laughs> the music is awesome. It's very, very good. So awesome. So. I'm not going to look it up in case there's any. You know, I don't want to. <laughs> no, <but, yeah. laughs> they'll be. It's like the equivalent of of the Wrath of Khan going. Oh, I love that track. What's that called? Oh, Spock dies. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. What was it? Star Quite Wars one did that. Was it? Was it like? I think it was the Phantom. Men soundtrack or something funeral pyre or something Qui-Gon's funeral pyre a month before the movie drops the soundtrack (laughs) comes out track 19 or whatever Qui-Gon's funeral (laughs) you're like brilliant (laughs) so yeah but you enjoy your evening Fraser Rob you you enjoy your evening too and uh, and yeah thanks for everybody having a listen to this now go watch Top Gun Maverick because it's freaking great alright take care guys Bye. Bye-bye.